And welcome into the John Neighbors Show here live from Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas as we have a lot of things to get to here today. And we're going to try to make our way through the nonsensical BS of what we saw last night, at least in the best way possible. But we're not going to spend much time on it because we feel like we have for most intents and purposes. And there's no reason to beleaguer a point, but we're still going to get into that as well as a lot of other things. We, hey, we may even have some, uh, you know, baseball, baseball to talk about. You know, that that sport that everyone's looking forward to and is hoping is actually going to be good instead of being disappointing like so many other things have been so far this year for Razorback fans. Not that I'm uh, looking at that or not that I'm thinking about that and not that I'm taking issue with that or anything like that. Just saying that it'd be nice for something to be good. It'd be nice to have a reason to come out on this show and a reason to go out on this uh, segment in the opening rant and say, you know what? This is what I like. This is what felt good. This is why Razorback fans have a lot of reasons to be so excited and so hopeful and enjoying each and every part of their respective fandom. But that just hasn't happened, has it? It just hasn't happened. And I wish so much that we could be able to come together here on this show and have fun with it and be able to discuss all the great things that's going on, but it's not. This sucks. This sucks awful. This sucks eggs. Whatever adjective you want to use, however you want to put it out there, this blows. And I wish I had an answer. I wish that I could make sense out of it, but I can't. You know, I honestly thought, I truly and honestly thought that this could be the year, should be the year, that with football being such a disappointment, that basketball would save us once again. You know, it's, it got to the point there where usually it was just having to wait until baseball season. But now it felt good to finally say, you know what? Football sucked, but hey, November, October, November is around the corner and you get to see it all go well. And it's not happening because folks, I don't think I'm being over the top and overreactionary, but I can't remember a time I've seen a Razorback basketball team be this bad. This bad. Because it's not just, oh, talent-wise, on paper-wise. No, I have yet to see a team in my Razorback fandom, at least, be this bad. They're not even being competitive. They've quit. There's no redeeming quality of this team. There's nothing that they're actually good at. There's nothing that you can count on. There's nothing that you can view and say, well... And uh, uh, no matter what, you could say this, this player is going to play well, or this player is going to do that. There's nothing. And it might be one of the most tragic and disappointing things that I've seen in a long time. Because at least with football, you can have maybe a little bit of an excuse or at least a little bit of an understanding as to why it's so bad. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a basketball school, right? Being, or, or at least Sam Pittman, you know, never been a head coach before. You could figure that out. I mean, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. This team is bad. And they are going to be flirting with, and they already are, flirting with this team being the worst basketball team I've seen at Arkansas. And that's saying something, because we've seen some crap. I mean, we've seen some teams that have gone 2-14 and 14 in SEC play. We've seen some teams go 14-18 and 18 overall. But this is going to be, just basing it off the way that we've seen it so far, this is going to be the first time Arkansas has had a losing record, a losing record as a basketball program 
since 2008 and 2009, where they went 14 and 18, when they lost to South Alabama and Morgan State and East Tennessee State under John Pelfrey. Eric Musselman, an Eric Musselman coach team is going to have a losing record. It's pathetic. It's sad. And, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but just basing it off of what I've heard from some of the former players, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, it doesn't matter. Former Hogs. The amount of people that had text me and reach out to me and just say how it's a disgrace that you've seen this type of effort and this type of play in a major sport at the University of Arkansas with people, kids, student athletes, whoever, wearing that Razorback logo on their jersey, and this is the effort that they put out, makes them sick to their stomachs. It makes them resent them. And it's hard not to disagree because let's be honest, if you are a fan and have been a fan, it's one thing to have a team struggle and just not be good. But when the effort's there, you at least say, hey, you know, it, it didn't go well. We didn't like the season. We didn't approve of it. But at least you did the best you could. This team's not doing the best they can. Individually or collectively, they're not doing anything. Anything worth mentioning? Anything worth talking about? Anything worth giving them credit for? And it's pathetic. It's disgusting. And the fact that we just started this dadgum company and this is the team that we get to talk about selfishly makes me mad. Not that anyone cares, but still, it is pathetic. All right, I'm enough of me. You want to hear from other people too, probably people that uh, I'm sure feel completely different and are actually happy with the season in the way that's gone. So let's go ahead and bring in the boys themselves. We got, of course, uh, let's see who, who we want to bring in here. Here we go. Scotty Borderland, Andrew Ellis, and Curtis Wilkerson, if I can get the cameras right and everything's And fellas, uh, yeah, so how are we today? Good, right? Uh, Ellis just gave me an orange starburst while you were doing your opening rant. So I'm, I'm in a pretty, Leader of pretty, good, pretty good place right now. That's all it took, huh? Just to get a little bit better was just an orange starburst? The vibes are a lot better right now than they were the last time that the four of us were on a live stream together. That's for sure. Which, by the way, that was really fun last night, by the way, folks. In case uh, you you, uh, weren't out here for it, we did have a good time doing a live stream with our guy Pinto and us three and everything, or us four. It was a lot of fun. Overall, I mean, how do you make sense of it? What do you think? What do you do? First of all... uh, Scotty and I, in, in about an hour, are going to be talking about this basketball team on the pot at the Palace. However, uh, we're not going to spend much time talking about the season. We're going to talk about the things you guys care about, which is probably the transfer portal uh, and, and things like that. But um, this is an embarrassment. It just is. And I'd feel bad for saying it if I thought these guys cared one way or the other, and they just don't. Uh, you lose me when you lose to freaking Ole Miss in basketball by 26 points and then look apathetic while you're doing it. and injuries that sucks but it's no excuse arkansas beat duke without tremont mark they can compete with ole miss without tremont mark um they're not playing hard they're not connected they don't care eric musselman's rolling a bunch of dudes out there and he's just he can keep doing it but there is no answer like this team is toast they're done it's over it's a wrap that's really pretty much all i have to say about him at this point well, and Curtis, it's funny because we always talk about like everybody will be like, oh, wh- why is this happening? And like they'll pitch their reason for why they think it is. And it's like everyone's right. And like Eric Musselman says, you can go through a list of 100 reasons. You can nitpick every player on the roster. You could talk about the personnel, whatever. And you're right every single time. But I-, I think it's funny when people act like there's one thing or they'll like reference, you know, whether it's Brazil or Devo or 
even Caleb Battle or LLs or whoever, and they're like, man, I just wish he were doing something different. I wish he were doing something different. It's like, at what point do y'all realize that it's just a huge ball of dirt that's just rolling <laughs> around? It's like, Zane, calling it like, dirt is a mild, nice way of putting it. But yes, it, it literally is because there were a few other words in my mind that it's were floating ins- around. It's an insult to dirt. We're trying yeah. to, we're trying to, we're 10 minutes into the show, John. We're, I was trying to wait until at least an hour before we get off the rails. I don't want to jump <laughs> right into the deep end, but, uh, no, yeah, I mean, I just think it's so funny when we talk about one specific area or one player and we're, we're, we're acting like, oh, it'd be so different if this guy were different. I just don't think it's true. Like, we talked about Tyler Perry on the stream last night and like, oh, man, imagine if he had come. And like, we, Curtis and I agreed, like, he probably would suck. He wouldn't like, play. Like, all the, yeah. everybody that Arkansas brings in historically, even the transfers that have hit, like Stanley Amude or whoever, have been worse offensively. Every player across the board, almost unanimous. I think Justin Smith might be the one guy who's the exception, because I think he averaged like a point or two more. But literally everyone, whether you go across the board, they are a worse offensive player and certainly a worse shooter when they're at Arkansas. And so I think at some point it's, it says something about just what's going on as a program and just what's the deficiencies. And I think it, it, Arkansas has a very clear cap on their offense. And it, now that they're actually have a, having a season where it's going to end up being an undoing for them, now we can we can talk about it a little bit more openly because I think before it was tough for us to even talk about the deficiencies of the team or the program because again they had always figured it out well they ain't figuring this one out. I don't really have anything else to add. I, I mean, I mean that's that's. that's I mean, it. I we don't feel differently about this than y'all do. Yeah, I'm not man. sitting here trying to say, hey, give me something because I'm with you. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. I you know last night, late last night, I was disgusted. I was disappointed. You know, I felt like there was so many things about what could have been this year and i started thinking about maybe looking at it in a selfish way where i'm like man this team's making me look bad because i predicted them to be really good but i'm like you know what no screw that it has nothing to do with me this has to do with this team and it has to do with having some dadgum pride in what they're doing like bad bad teams bad seasons bad players bad chemistry bad like those things happen as much as we like to sit here and admit unless you're like freaking alabama football Every team's going to have problems and it's not going to go where it needs to go and you're going to have issues. But the the disgusting display of what I guess is basketball that we saw last night might have been real. Like the games have been bad all year long, but that may have been something that made me so mad. I wanted to punch a baby and I love babies. Babies are cool, but I wanted to punch a baby because it made me so infuriated to watch these guys out there. With again, with that Razorback uniform on, with fan, and I know it's not Ole Miss, but like fans watching, people mm-hmm. watching, people who have supported the team, who have you know paid all their money to go to these, to have these season tickets who, with these NIL deals and everything, people who have gone out of their way to get them to get to the point to where they need to be, to to get them to the point to where they can compete at the highest level for national championship, and the repayment that they get is. Crap went south. We give up. We're done. We're moving on. See y'all later. Screw everybody else. We don't care. And we just want to go down to Oxford at an Ole Miss program that their best year was with Marshall Henderson in their history, it seems like, and get the doors blown off of them to where you don't even look like this. This looks like a team. I mean, I feel like I could have been the head coach of the team last night and probably lost by the same margin. And, and, and again, it's not just calling out Musk, calling out everybody on this team. Guys, I feel like, I'm just saying, if we took everybody here from Natty State Sports, went out there on, on, the, on the floor, I feel like if we took nothing but half-court shots, we probably could have made at least 17 field goals. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 
And that to me is what really is just also disappointing is seeing like not only you're quitting and you're a bad team, but it's like you, this is what you do. You're a basketball player. Play basketball. You don't even look like you want to play. You don't even look like you care. You want to give up and you want to move on. Well, we we might go out there and get blown out, but I, I bet at the end of the game, people would know we cared that, that we, we were even out there. I mean, honestly, like they they can miss me with this whole thing about oh, uh, this is such a great practice team, and and boy, they they get along. No, they don't. Right? I, there's just no way. Like you don't go out on the floor on a consistent basis and put out the product that they've been putting out if things are all hunky dory and they're getting after it and having great practices every day. I just I refuse to believe it at this point. And Listen, I backed it up for a while because um, I saw it in person with my own eyes. I, I saw it in the preseason. I saw it in the Bahamas. And I agreed. I thought they were connected. I thought they practiced hard. I thought they were dialed in. They were at the time, but they're not now. There's no way that there's such a disconnect between what's going on you know, in the practice facility versus what's going on under the lights on the floor. It's crazy. And after the game... You know, I came out and, and recorded, you know, uh, something we put on YouTube and basically said, welcome to rock bottom of the Eric Musselman era. I should have picked my words a little bit more wisely because this is the baddest it's been under Muss. I think it's going to get worse. I, I think yeah. I have no reason to believe anything other than they're just going to keep going out there and embarrassing themselves until they just choose to do the simplest, like the most basic thing that you can do as an athlete, which is play hard. But are they going to do that? Is there any reason to believe that they will? No. I just, it's just, no. man, it blows me. It pisses me off. Before Scotty comes in with like reason and actual context and stuff like that, I just want to say that you mentioned why you don't feel bad is because they don't care. I also don't feel bad because I feel like we are the ones who take it. Like we get yelled at by whenever they're like, oh, you hype this team up so much. It's like yeah, we good say pick. what we have to say. We have to take accountability for whenever we get this team wrong and when they make us look stupid. But I don't think any of them care or have any accountability. You know, I don't think those dudes would piss on the hog logo if it were on fire. Uh, I mean, and look, I don't say that as a knock on the guys, really, even because, like, I don't, I don't even know if they have a reason to care about Arkansas, but they just definitely don't. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, I think this is clearly just a job that they got hired to do, and they're doing it poorly. And I don't think they will think about this once they're done. You know, I think it's just going to be a thing that, like, they look back and they're like, ah, I played a year in Fayetteville. It was what it was. Like, I don't think this is going to be a moment that. Like, I don't think Tremont, Mark, and Caleb Battle are going to be getting together in 20 years talking about their time in Fayetteville and working at uh, or going to JJ's and stuff like that. Like, I don't think any of these dudes even think about the game once it's over. I don't think they're going to think about it once they're done. It's not personal. They're good kids. They're yeah. way more talented basketball players than, than yeah. any of us have ever been. But it's just painfully obvious at this point. And it, it would almost it would be a discredit to the people out there if we just ignored the reality yeah. i think you know yeah. we can only go with the product I, that we're being shown and we, this yeah. product sucks man it's i mean i remember we did one of the live streams we did a couple of them what was it before the season even started and i vividly remember something that i said and i feel like a complete idiot for saying it at the time but if you looked at that team and that group that roster on paper um combined with you know things that guys were telling us at, at pressers in the summer and what eric was saying when we went over for the first practice um, I said, I just, I, I said, I don't, this team might not have holes. And now I just don't know what it, it can't, it doesn't hang its hat on anything whatsoever. And, you know, I, I, I did a reel last night. Curtis was talking about the one that he did. It was really good. If you haven't, you haven't listened to it yet. If you listen to mine, Arkansas's leading score last night, Caleb Battle had 11 points. I don't know if y'all watched the reel that I did, but do you know the last time Arkansas's leading scorer had 11 points in a game? 
I do only because I was sitting right beside you. Yeah, but I'll let you break on. the news to everybody. February 2016, Jimmy Witt had 11 points against Mississippi State in a route in the hump. And that was the young Jimmy Witt also. Yeah, that was like <laughs> his, first, his first time here. First time here, Not Jimmy the good Witt. mid-range Jimmy Witt. Um, I mean, there was nobody on that Arkansas team made more than three shots last night. Uh, you only had two guys in double figures because Keon or L. Ellis found Joseph Pinion in the corner for a three in the last, what, half minute. Joseph Pinion finished with 10. Otherwise, you'd have one guy in double figures and that one guy with 11. It's just... It's all bad, and and I I'd probably annoy people talking about Ken Palm numbers a lot, but Arkansas right now is ranked 105th on Ken Palm. The last time Arkansas was um, the last Arkansas team outside the the top 100 in Ken Palm, Mike Anderson's first team, his first team, first team, the team that started. The Boot team that had the they, they, they didn't have a player over six six that year. Yeah, because like Marshall right? Powell got hurt for the year, and they, he was having to play nothing but freshmen and like Marvell Waith. We've discussed it's Marvell Waith way too much these last few days. It's, His name's been coming. It, yeah, up. if you have to bring up Marvell Waith or Michael Sanchez or whoever, it's not a good thing. And but that I'm glad you pointed that out, Scotty, and said that because again, this is showing how pathetic this is. This is showing how bad this is, and what. Might be another frustrating thing for me is that you had a team last year that had freshmen, half the freaking team were freshmen, 18-year-old kids. All right? Yes, three of them got drafted into the NBA. Talented guys, a lot of upside. But half of your team were freshmen. This year, you have no freshmen except for Layden Blocker, who I feel like doesn't play enough. And then Bay Fall, which the only time we see him is in mop-up duty or when he's getting the doors blown off of him. And this team is more immature than the team a year ago. They look like a team that's never played basketball before. I would have expected this type of stuff from a bunch of freshmen from Mike Anderson's first-year team where he had to rely on Devontae Abron and Hunter Mickelson. But no, we're not talking about Highly regarded, can't maybe, maybe not be good, whatever players coming out of high school that are freshmen. We're talking about not everyone, but a lot of them established dudes who have played college basketball for multiple years. We're talking, I know Tremont Mark didn't play last night, but we're talking about L. Ellis. We're talking about Devo Davis. We're talking about Makai Mitchell. We're talking about Jalen Graham. I'm not sitting there saying they have to be superstars averaging 20 and 10. But you got to at least look like you know how to play the game of basketball. You got to at least look like you care about playing the game of basketball because you have. You have played major college basketball before. And you look like me out there. Like you look like a guy who has, I, I mean, I we talked about yesterday. I like the one, two, one, one full court press. I don't know what it means, but it has numbers in it. So it sounds good. That's what it looks like out there. You just rolled out. Put my mind and all them just being like, well, I know how to, the ball has to go in the hoop, and I think that works. I think that's how the game's played. So the the lack of effort and care is just that's something that cannot happen, should not happen, completely and totally unacceptable. And it, I'm with you, Curtis. It ain't getting better. There's nothing you can point to to say, oh, well, maybe they'll fix. Nope, no, no. It's done. It's over. You might as well just forfeit the rest of the season because unless you know. What was I forgot? He said, Coral's Williams, walking through that door. Yeah. So, you know, something like that. Joe Johnson's not getting here. Like, 
That's the only way that this team would even be able to have a chance at anything is if something like that happened, which it's not. So it's over with. It's done. Finito. Pow. We're out. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. And I hate it. You mentioned last year's team and that team got just drug the entire year for, you know, being young and like having injuries, but they, you know, they would blow double digit leads and lose close games on the road or whatever. And uh, it was a fluke when they made it to the sweet 16. So dude, give me that. Yeah. These guys, they, they've lost five SEC games by an average margin of 20.6 points per game. Like they're getting their doors blown off and they're not, well, they are that bad. It shouldn't be that bad. I, I can live with the one in five start to SEC play from last year. That wasn't fun at all. That's not ideal. This at is all. competitive. It was competitive. Mm-hmm. This is absurd. And it just, it just, it's, it just strikes me as a, as a bunch that's let go of the rope. And if they don't like hearing that, then prove me Grab wrong. Grab onto the rope. <laughs> like, like clip it and play it in front of the team yeah. or whatever. Like it, get your motivation. But like, what are you doing? Better than that. They just, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. Last year's team was dumb, but they fought. You know, And you see Anthony Black, who was pretty much the second half of the year, fought through a knee injury every game. I mean, that Baylor game, it was like he couldn't even walk by the end of it. And he was fighting through. Like Last year's team cried. And I saw someone, I don't know if it was on our stream or on Twitter, that was like, you could see Anthony Black crying after games. Him and Jordan Walsh and like those guys, they cared. You know, And again, they were dumb. They did a lot of stupid stuff. They, Jordan Walsh had games where he'd foul out in five minutes. You know, like they would do a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. You know, Anthony Black, how many head scratching turnovers would I text you and be like, just can't do that. But you know, yeah. they would do frustrating stuff, but it was way different. It was like when your son pours milk on the floor and you're like, oh, you know, he's an idiot, but I love him, you know? <laughs> uh, but this is like, this is not that. This is this is like that dog that just has lost all sense of reality and just does weird stuff, just bites random neighbors, barks everywhere, pees on the ground. Like this is the dog that's like, you really gotta put this one, you know, this yeah, one, it's like you gotta it's you put it now. out the pasture. Gotta go yeah. the way of old yeller. Like, I wish just, these just dogs put it out would the bite pasture. the neighbor. Listen, yeah. I, t- I yeah. tell I tell my my kids all the time to li- they don't listen. So I tell them the simplest thing or the the um e- the simplest, easiest thing that you can do for somebody is just to listen to them, hear what they say. The easiest, the simplest thing that these guys can do is just play hard, and they just, they don't. And yeah. I, I know I brought it back full circle to um, energy, effort, enthusiasm, and all that. But all that it's jazz. the only word, the only place I just, to go. I, I went back to last season. Um, and you, we mentioned that at least last year in the one and five start and the five losses. You know they were, you know, competitive. They had some double digit losses, but it wasn't twenty plus, wasn't thirty plus, right? Um, average margin of loss in those games was 9.4. Curtis, what did you say in your video? Was it 20.6? 20.6. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I'm, I'm it's just pissed because I can't even blame the refs. Like, there hasn't been a game no. I've been able to blame the refs. Like, that at least made me feel better. It's a critical piece of yeah. our content. It really is. Right it re- yeah. It's a critical yeah, like piece of my justification. Where it was like you could, the Missouri yeah, game. Where you that, could the Missouri really game on the road. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Officials. Call, screw it. No, like, no, the officials are great. That's how bad it's gotten. I am out here saying the officiating (laughs) in these games have been phenomenal. It's been great. Kudos to all you SEC officials. Doug Shouse, the other idiots that I can't stand, the guy that looks like Barack Obama, whoever. All y'all have been great. (laughs) So it's like, uh, why? That's Scotty, what it, it goes so back to when you asked Tremont Mark what the identity of the team was, and he was just like, I got nothing for you, dude. And he even like you even like reworded the question and we're like, Well, what are some things? And he's just like, I ain't got nothing, dude. Like he really did, he was stumped, man. He didn't even like 
he couldn't even think of anything off the top of his head that the team yeah, that he liked that, about the team. Like, like there was nothing. There that, was no identity. That's when you see a team's identity is when they get hit with adversity. It's because you have to go to that thing to get you recentered. And Arkansas doesn't have a, doesn't even have a center to get back to. Like they just they they're just they flail aimlessly on both ends. I'm not picking them to win another SEC game. Like I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. Am I going to sit here and predict that they're going to go one and fifth or one and seventeen? No. But I, there's not a single game left on the schedule where I'm like, ah, they could win that one because if that because it doesn't matter who they play. Every other team in the SEC, even though Arkansas does have an SEC win, I don't even know what the standings is. There's still a team that's over Missouri right? and Vandy. Missouri and Vandy. Okay, yeah. Missouri and Vandy, even though they have zero losses, are better than Arkansas because at least they try. They may yeah. not win. They may not have won a game yet. But at least they tried. And that alone is making Arkansas in the power rankings for SEC. They're 28th in the in, in power rankings because you're you're going to have to move your way up to even get into the top 14 of the SEC, which I'm aware, folks, there's only 14 teams, but I'm showing you how bad it is because you don't even deserve to be in the SEC if you're not even going to try. I, I mean, seeing what Ole Miss did last night under Chris Beard, I'm sitting there like, I want that. I don't know if they're a good team. I don't know if they're going to make the tournament. I don't know if they're going to even advance in it. But at least they had fun. They did have fun. I, I didn't have any fun other than just the fact that it was a joke. Like that was the where the fun was. It was like, you know, like in Goodfellas. You know, it was, it was a funny. I'm a clown. I amuse you. Yes, that was amusing to me. That was funny. That was a joke. Had no sort of emotion other than comedy to me. But now I'm here, fed up, not getting any sleep. Got Andrew over there giving me coffee. It's like it's just it's just been. Hey, bad. credit to you! You returned a favor this morning, didn't you? Yes, I did. Because I needed due. coffee, and I was I'm going to become that guy, I guess, and start <laughs> drinking coffee. Even though I hate coffee, I'm going to start doing that. But the point is, like, it's just not fun for anyone. I'm not even saying this just as a Razorback fan. I can have fun in last year, like last year, frustrating, yes, but I still had fun. I still had fun because there were fun games, fun moments. Seeing Ricky count some of those dunks Ricky Council had. Seeing those performances that him or Devo or whoever had. Seeing Anthony Black and the way that he played in such a unique way, six, seven point guard, and the defense that they had. Like just seeing that, it's there is nothing fun about this. And I can't remember the last time. I don't know, maybe not even in my lifetime. I can't remember the last time I've had a basketball season where I had no fun. Like Duke was that was it. That was a fun blip on the spectrum of this nonsense, which they almost blew that one too. I just want to thank the staff for sending the team to the Bahamas. Because yeah. I mean, if not for them, I mean, would have missed out on those red velvet iced lattes. Yes, yes, thank right. you. Yes, and, uh, good Thanksgiving glad. dinner at Starbucks. That I'm was nice. So glad that you guys got that. Okay. <laughs> what have I got? What does me and Andrew have here? Andrew's, Andrew's got baseball season. He's, that's what he's got. What do I have? We're heading to the diamond. Yeah, what you have baseball season, John. We're gonna have a good time during baseball season. We better. I've been teaching Ellis pitch grips, so <laughs> look out for the next short. I'm glad that our baseball guy is getting taught pitch grips over Listen, there. Listen, I don't want to have to pull the footage. Ain't nobody teaching me anything about how to be on a mound and get people out. Nobody teaches me anything there. Is anybody all conference in high school in baseball? Raise your hand. Honorable mention, does that count? Yeah, yeah, it counts. Well, I'll count it. I won the, uh, whatever it was, Boys and Girls Club, fourth grade, district champ, Sequoia Kiwanis. 
the boys and girls club <laughs> or whatever it was like yeah i don't know i what went that, to the boys and girls club or the, like and it may have won the boys and girls club at the time it was the ymca whatever it is little club anyway that, that doesn't matter what matters is is that it's over it's finished so here's the thing we if anything breaks or if anything is new or anything is noteworthy we'll continue to talk about basketball on occasion we'll continue to you know give you updates and yes Considering our live stream last night, which again, folks, if you missed that, that was that was fun, and we appreciate it. We had a ton of people watching yeah. in on that. And you know, if the basketball team continues to suck eggs, then just join our live stream because I guarantee it'll be a lot more entertaining than the basketball team too. That's for sure. But we'll still talk about it. We'll still do those live streams. We'll still do that. But we ain't gonna be happy about it. We, we ain't gonna sit there and be like, man, I can't wait. Spend three or four hours of my day watching that product that he put on the basketball court. Well, we're done playing the games, too. Like, we're not going to even play with y'all and be like, well, could they turn around this game? You know? No, we're done with And that. if they win a game, if they beat Kentucky by 52 on Saturday, we will not come here on Monday and be like, guys, guys, I'm telling you, man, it's not happening with this team. No. They will not do a good thing twice in a row. They can't even do it possession to possession, let alone game to game. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, misery loves company. So, like John said, just come, come hang out with us. Has uh has Musk shot his last shot with his team? Like, I mean, what? There's nothing left to do. I mean, if, I, he, I if think, he hasn't been able to do it now, like, what? what, what yeah, like, there's, there's a secret yeah. little like item that you could just pull out of his back pocket. Right. Like, right, there's literally nothing left to do. I mean, like, I don't know. Throw darts at the roster and I guess you start could those try five guys. Trevor right? Brazil at the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I tried that. Yet. Can't try him at the five. We'll try him at the one. Yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see the starting line of honestly of Trevin Brazil, Jalen Graham, Makai Mitchell, Bay Fall, and like I don't know, just throwing Blake Lawson or something like that. Just six ten guys. Blake Lawson at the one. He needs to be the table setter. You could just see in in the press conference last night just the like combination of like frustration and confusion and defeat. It's just written all over Muss's face. Big part of it's his fault, uh, you know, because listen, he. We're he not that together, blame. and he there's, hasn't been able to right. bring them together. There's so, plenty of blame you know. to go around to everybody. Yeah, and everybody. You know, I see some stuff in the chat. It's like, oh, well, it's because uh, he he turns over seventy to eighty percent of the of the roster every year. Well, it hasn't hurt yeah, him in the past. Before, yeah. Okay. And it, let's not pretend that that Devo and Brazil and Makai and Jalen Graham and Penny and all those guys who are returning aren't part of the issue either, because they're the guys who've been there to help establish the culture that is non-existent right now. This so, is the most continuity they've had in like three years. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know like, I mean? This like, is not, this is not the year to make that argument. Yeah. I get it, yeah. but this is not the year to make that well, argument. And also too, this just in folks, college basketball, everyone's turning over a new <laughs> roster. Everyone. If you, if you need any evidence of that, look at Ole Miss. How many players were on the team last year on Ole Miss? I don't know the exact number, but I know it's more than half. Same thing with almost every team out there in college basketball. Guess what? They're having to turn the roster over. They're having to have new players in. So I don't, I don't buy that, man. I don't buy that. I know some people bring it up. Some people ask about it, but I just don't buy that excuse. Zero. But Arkansas is the only team that has an NIL situation because everyone always cites that. They're like, the reason this team sucks is because of NIL. I'm like, well, like, I don't understand how that, like, how that quant, you know. It's like the last year for football, too. Is that guy yeah. NIL? No. NIL. No. It has nothing to do with NIL. NIL is 18,000th down on the list of reasons why this team blows. Like, stop looking around at different issues. Just don't overthink it. 
don't try to say, well, you know, let's get deep and dive and maybe there's an, some sort of problem in the inside, you know, working its way in. No, this team just sucks and yeah. they don't care. Black neighbors, I love you. Small point, Purdue returned five starters. Arkansas, this Arkansas team <laughs> exactly. beat Purdue. <laughs> What's I'm hoping, the point? I'm hoping that early in like, the season too, when all I mean, of that roster turnover that y'all claim is the issue <laughs> would have been the biggest issue where those five returning starters would have helped. That's what that's our point almost is that like the idea that that's the reason you could point to any any one reason and be like, oh, it's Joe's opinion's fault. Oh, it's Debo Davis's right. fault. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Can- Gus Arginal's fault. It's all of it, dude. Like this whole yeah. team is just a it's a it's a it's a complete disaster. Kentucky like, starts to bottom. Kentucky has two returners, eight freshmen, a bunch of transfers, and they yeah. just added some dude from Croatia, and they're not having these issues. Oh uh, yeah, it, it ain't the turnover. Well, I'm hoping that that's Black Neighbors' point. I can't even say that with a straight face. Black <laughs> is his first name. Yeah, Neighbors actually spelled the right way in a b o r s. And like an elite contributor no, to the chat. Yeah, we, we really do love so, black, yeah, black neighbors. neighbors is I like the guy that, was, that commented and had like Anthony Black, but he put a black, and so he was like, <laughs> yeah, it's like let's let's clarify that. But no, I I think that is Black Neighbors's point is that Arkansas beat a team that did return all their starters, so it's not an issue of oh whatever because that was the first time they ever played a real game. Yeah, and I know it's an exhibition. I know, but still, it's like. If Arkansas played Purdue right now, Arkansas would get beat by 60. Oh, yeah. At, at minimum. Well, that's because Arkansas chose not to develop in that game. They tried to win. Purdue came to develop. And Purdue... See, I knew that was the issue. They developed. That was the issue. Yeah. It's, Purdue was more about developing. Arkansas is just about winning. And as you can see, that's what's costing Arkansas right now. They didn't develop enough in that 40-minute game against Purdue in the exhibition. We should apologize to that chode that was teeing off on it after the game. I credit them. I'm not apologizing to no one about nothing. Yeah. Even, even Matt Norlander can't really do a victory lap. He picked Arkansas to be a top 50 team in the country. They're not going to be top 50 yeah, unless, not even top unless 285 teams decide to stop playing basketball this year. Yeah, he was, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, everybody was too high on Arkansas. So was he. Yeah. That's like <laughs> everybody that is, Norlander. Yeah, yeah because I, <laughs> even the hater, the hater was too high on him. That this, there's nobody that would have said, you know what, I think Arkansas is going to be 10 and 9 through this point in the season oh, and getting man. blown out by 30. All the time, yeah. I'm sure everybody said that, but no, it's I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not apologizing to anybody, and I'm not saying giving credit to anybody. It's just it's it's bad. It's just bad all around, and I'm fed up. You know how much better it would have been, or at least more reasonable, if the football season was just decent, just decent, like a seven and five year. It would have been not so good. People would have been mad, but at least holding it over. Baseball has to save. Everything, everything they have to save us, save us from this wilderness that we're wandering in for 40 years and 40 nights with, with famines, like give us the, whatever it is, the quail and all that, that that they were given. I don't know. I'm getting biblical. It doesn't matter. We need something, man. I just remembered something good. When we were talking to DVH today, you know what DVH said? He was asked about the catcher position because they've got all this four-way battle or whatever. He said, you know, I don't want my guys to have to come and check the lineup every day and wonder who's going to be in the lineup every day. Like, we want to have a situation. And this is DVH saying this before the season on a team that has like 15 guys who might start. So for the first month of the season, they're going to have to check the lineup. But it's so funny how you hear a coach say like, hey, we really don't want our guys having to like wonder if they're playing or wonder what their role is going to be or unsure. And he was like, yeah, these guys are smart. They figured out. We kind of want to figure it out as soon as we can. And here we are in like late January, about to be February. And not only does Arkansas not have a set rotation, it's 
like I said, they're taking steps backward. They don't even have anything close to it. And it's like, I know they didn't have Mark yesterday, but like, right. But what that, was that lineup, man? Like, Dennis J. Harris started an SEC game. He played 24 minutes all season up to that point. I repeat, Dennis J. Harris started an <laughs> SEC game. Dennis J. Harris started an SEC basketball game at the University of Arkansas. Actually, it was at Ole Miss, but for the University of Arkansas. Dennis J. Harris, the 37th best I, player in the Conference I, USA last I year. I think if we were on the roster, one of us at least would have started I would have got the nod last yeah. night, probably. Yeah, Scotty yeah, would you were. Yeah, you had the energy. You were the, the energy. Is it, are Bay and, I think it's Bay and Pinion are the only guys who haven't started a game yet? I don't think Pinion started a regular season game. I oh, he did. Wrong. No, Pinion did. He started that one and then only played like one or two, right? Was that a what game? Maybe was he that? got one. Yes, Pinion you're right. Started, I know Pinion Pinion started against Lipscomb. Lipscomb, yeah, played was that two minutes. Oh, yeah, that's right. In Little Rock. That's right. Because he's from Moralton, they yeah. say. Is why that happens. <laughs> they say. They it's like put I, I think Pinion needs to bring that knee yeah, brace back. Excuse the hell out of me for getting for forgetting Pinion started. He played 12 seconds and get back in the rest of the damn game. <laughs> Oops, exactly. My bad. Hey, he yeah. needs to bring back the knee brace. I'm ball nowhere here. Scotty, what you got? Um, I was gonna say they played. Eric played. Opinion enough in that Lipscomb game just so everybody in the arena could see that he was wearing that shooter sleeve on his leg. It just let him get let him get drippy for for two minutes. Pinion, that was or, about uh, it. Pinzo was making fun of him for not having any accessories last night. He, he looked like a two K <laughs> player with no VC. Yeah, Bay We're has depressed started the game. Line. We'll stop. Yeah, Eric being depressed. After, yeah. sorry, after, sorry, go ahead, Scotty. <laughs> after last night, Eric started ten different starting lineups in nineteen games. That's like some Chad Moore stuff of like starting ten different quarterbacks in two years. <laughs> That's always a good sign. Whenever you change your your plan up every single week, That's always a good sign for every sport. Pretty sure it's how uh, UConn won the national championship last year, right? That was Gino Ariamas. That was his principles. He was like, "Let's rot- let's have this rotation as big as possible." Right, listen, I'm going to read this, and I'm not going to say who it's from, but I am going to say it's from a. Baseball player for the Razorbacks. Simply uh, had been told that he and the team needs to save Razorback fans this year, and his response was, we will try. I can promise you that it ain't going to be because of lack of effort. Hey, that's true. And that, that. to me, is the difference. Like, we want effort. If we're going to give effort to come on and do this show, if these guys over here are going to do and have effort to do their podcast, and to do the written content and all the amazing content that we have at nattystatesports.com as well as following us on every form of social media, then they need to have some of the efforts too. They need to put forth some of the efforts too. But I've just, I, again, I, I have never seen anything like it. And now I'm hearing rumblings. We're not breaking news, folks. I have no sources. I have nothing for this. So don't use this. I'm sure it'll be taken out of context, but. Is Musk the coach next year? Is is Musk? And I'm not saying he's getting fired, but is Musk the coach next year? He's not going to get fired, but I think it's really 50-50. I really think it's 50-50 at this point. Either he will or he won't. Yeah, just like I, I don't think, uh, you know, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised either way. But I just feel like, yeah, I think those are the two options. <laughs> but I really think it's just like, I don't think he's dead set on staying. And I think if anyone thinks that they're stupid, you know, like. I do have sources, and I'll tell all of you right now, he's not chained to Fayetteville, right? <laughs> he's just not. So, well, and see, that's we'll see what happens. I think he's ex- at the very, at the absolute very least, he's going to explore his options. Like, people always ask, like, oh, would he consider, yeah, he'd consider leaving. Mm. Like, 
every college coach that is employed anywhere would consider leaving for any, you know, like I'm not saying they would leave for any job. But I'm saying like they would all hear whoever it is out. Um, Arkansas, as good of a job as it is, is not at that point where it's, especially for a guy that's coaching the NBA. Like, and again, I don't think the NBA thing's happening. We, we, we were asked that on the stream, but yeah, I think he's, I think there, we'll see what the openings end up being like USC, Louisville, like whatever. But I think, uh, I think Arkansas fans will, will probably need to sweat out every job opening this, this offseason, realistically. Well, I'm going to be honest. As someone who, of course, wants the University of Arkansas Athletic Department to succeed in every way, I'm never going to be naive enough to think that any coach, especially of the highest quality and who has no real connections previously to the University of Arkansas, like Eric Musselman, even when he was at the highest peak of his success, I was not someone who was going to say, you know what, he's going to be here forever. He's going to be the Arkansas coach forever. But it ain't, I, don't want, I don't think anybody should want it to end this way. You know, you don't want it to be five seasons, one of them being canceled because of COVID and one being what this is, whatever it is we're watching right now, and especially being the finale. Nobody wants this. Nobody should have to see this. And if he leaves, if he leaves for another job, again, I have no sources to say that he's for sure going or anything like that. I'm just, it's been some speculation from national people, people I know and respect. But if he leaves after a season like this, I'll be appreciative of those three years, but man, that's going to leave a bad taste in mine and everybody else's Razorback fandom's mouth of like, that's the way it goes out. That, that, that three-year stretch was great, but that's, this is the way it all comes to an end. This is the what you, we get. I, I just feel like that's really going to tarnish in people's minds. It's not going to take away from those years, but it's going to tarnish people's opinions, feelings, and everything towards Muss if he leaves after this year and this year being one of the worst seasons Arkansas basketball has ever had. Scotty Isn't that the Curtis. reverse of a – it's like the reverse crap sandwich, right? Like the crap is usually in the middle, yeah. right? Yeah, and the yeah. bread's on the outside. But, yeah, it'd be like the bread is the crap and the good times are in the middle. Scotty yeah, we, Curtis, yeah, we had gonna, that. We had that conversation yesterday, actually. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I did this exact bit that John just did at lunch today, and I was going to say, which one? Who did it better? Because, like, John, I, I almost said exact war. I used the term like taste in your mouth and everything. I was like the exact same stance where I was like the whole time I was, I was like, like, I feel like I've heard this. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, man, this sounds very similar. But John, John was not at that lunch, so I'll, I'll let it slide. I was, great minds think alike. Yeah, let's go with that. We'll we'll go with that. Um, I, I cut man, you off, Scotty. What were you going to yeah. say? I don't think I was going to say anything. Uh, well, you guys, I, I was just to saying talk about like, this. We, we had that conversation oh, yeah, yesterday. Okay. Whatever is in the middle, that's what the sandwich is called, not the we bread. Did, we did have the sandwich we did, conversation we had that talk too. yesterday. And even though, like, okay, I'm getting deep, but I don't care. This sandwich, even the bottom slice of bread, was at least decent. Yeah, like that first you know, year, that, that first, that first year, year was, was fun. They won was 20 fun. games. Man, you had Mason Jones going for you know like late yeah. in league play in the regular season. He was putting up like 30 a night, man. Yeah, and your, your big, was your big man was a 6'6", Adrio Bailey. That's what they and, say. And you had Isaiah Joe missing for five games in the SEC play. And you went 7-11. and 11. What? Like, Eric that year literally had, was playing a guy at the five who was basically Caleb Battle size. That's disgusting. Yeah, that is crazy. When you put it that way, that's disgusting. I never really thought of okay, it Okay, like this that, comment says it would feel very similar to KJ breaking records but leaving on a terrible season. This is a very, and I mean very, very different situation because KJ Jefferson was not in control of the fact that his senior year sucked. Musselman is in control of the fact that this team sucks, right? 
I or mean, at least more so in control than KJ was. He, it always, what they say, it always falls on the head, at the, on the head coach, and he's the head coach. Last time I checked, so you know, no, this is a completely different thing. Because also KJ, we know it's like, hey, you only got a few years. You're a kid, you're a kid, and like he's he's the quarterback. He doesn't do anything for the defense. He doesn't, do, you know, special teams, anything right. like that. No, he didn't hire the OC animal. huh? He didn't hire the OC either. He did not. He did not. By the way, you mentioned coaches that that don't stay forever. The one exception is. Sam Pittman, he's going to stay at Arkansas forever. Time for a break, John. <laughs> time for a drink. It's at this point in time. By the way, Nima's back. Just want you to know. Nima's on a roll. Nima's back. Yeah. Was he gone? He was gone. <laughs> oh. You didn't notice there was a lot less orange in the chat the last few days? I guess so. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back, Nima. Welcome back. He said oh. Pittman to Michigan confirmed. <laughs> What's more likely, Sam Pittman going to Michigan or this uh, Razorback basketball team getting five SEC wins? Uh, this team getting five SEC wins. I don't know. I don't know. I feel maybe I'm well, just, Pitt, I mean, I'm just already down on him. So I think we should probably go ahead and rule him out. Just that, just that <laughs> if there's a one percent chance, then yeah, it's more likely that one percent chance has fallen to zero now. I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just. That's how bad. That's how lowly I feel about this team. Is that I'm willing to bank that Sam Pittman has a better chance of going to Michigan, being the head coach, than this team getting five SEC wins. I think he'll I do it after five, this year. I about five more, so six total. Yeah, well, I mean, we looked at the schedule. It's going to be like change anyone's answer. Right? I think it realistically the over under should be at like three or four because we looked at the schedule and there's like Vanderbilt at home, LSU at home, Missouri at home, Missouri on the road. Like those are the four games they might be favored in. Although maybe Missouri on the road they won't be. You but might it's be like, able to beat Georgia, Georgia at home. Maybe Georgia at home. Like there's yeah, not there's yeah. like there's only like six or seven games that are even winnable. I would argue. Ken Palm predicts this team to win three more. SEC games, Missouri at home, Vanderbilt at home, LSU at home. Ken Palm also had them going 22 and 0 to start the year. Yeah, that's been updated to 14 and 17 overall and 5 and 13 in the league. Mm, 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 Shout mm, out to mm. Ken Palm, by the way, who, uh, you know, we use it as a source all year, but it literally changes every 10 minutes and it's drastically different every time, which obviously there's games and stuff, but it's crazy how, how much we use these things as resources and then realize they don't matter really until the very end. Yeah. Except I'm, for the net, apparently I'm, they 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 were nailed, they nailed it on Arkansas. They gave them too much credit to start, honestly. Yeah, they're they were lower numbers. now than where they debuted. <laughs> yeah, I remember when they debuted, like, it was like one fourteen. We're like, oh, yeah, talk talk to us uh, at the end of January. <laughs> I said, I don't I don't need the team's help to make myself look <laughs> stupid because I'm always gonna over like predict Dude, that this team's gonna win games. Everything we said all year, <laughs> surely no one's done that. Yeah, sure. I mean, ah, shit. But if they went through in club, I mean, this is, they could have a field day. But yeah. again, this is why Maybe it sucks we'll that we're in this position. Because it. it's one, it's not our fault, believe it or not. It's not, not our fault. Two, we didn't, it's not our fault. We didn't mean to do it. Come on, relax. Stop being mean to us. Like, we're, one, we're not having fun. One, it's not our fault. <laughs> two, it's not our two, fault. Two, it's not yes. our fault. Like, it's just not our fault. Okay? And, and, I'll, and I'll say this too. I'll say this <laughs> on top of all of that. It's, it's like so disturbing almost that. You get to the point to where you think so highly and you believe something so strongly. Because even like the football team this past year going 4-8, and eight, to me, if I was a betting man, I was like, okay, what's more like it? The Razorback football team going to go 4-8 and eight, or the Razorback basketball team going to be the worst team we've seen in 20 years? I'm like, uh, okay, that's not even a question. 4-8, and eight, easily. It's like, this basketball team's making me miss football season. Because, I mean, at least that was interesting. 
At least they went on the road and won in Florida for the first time. You know, at least they had a firing in the middle of the year. At least they made it interesting. They had a game that ended seven to three. That's funny. But I'm like, you can't even find anything interesting about this team. Funny if you had no ties to it. Here's the thing is like, True. I can be sold into this being just a throwaway year where it's like, hey, we realized it wasn't going to happen. Let's dust it up and move on. But I also need to be explained by someone important why that will be the case. You know, like if after the season, Musk has his presser and he's like, guys, I went through and dug through it. On January 5th, I mailed it in on this group. Screw those guys. I'm glad they're gone. We're moving on. I could be back on board, but I need to like be explained. Like I need someone to explain to me what happened, what went wrong. And there needs to be like some accountability and answers for it other, before I can even talk myself into anything. I think we really need to reset the parameters next year when we do our worst case scenario, best case scenario in every sport. Because I mean, I think I would have said the worst case scenario for football this year was like five and seven. I wouldn't have said four and eight. I wouldn't have said this was the worst case scenario for basketball. So it's like, maybe that's the lesson here. It can always be worse. Just before the season, when you're prognosticating, doing predictions, just stop expecting things to go right all the time. <laughs> that's my problem. It's <laughs> a dark first hour, man. It's getting bleak real quick. Scotty's like, like, Scotty's like stop kept... expecting happiness in that's any a, area we, of your we, life. Like, Scotty over here like Morgan Freeman from Shawshank. He's just like, hope is a terrible thing. It's going to drive a man wild <laughs> no, over seriously, here. when was the last time you went into a season and like, you know, it kind of played out like we thought it would? I mean, it's never going to be perfectly the way I thought it was, but like, I think that the year with Note and all them, I, I expected at least another run in the NCAA tournament. I mean, and yeah, they, but I, even I, those teams had so many ups and downs, where it's like the finished product was was what we were hoping for. Right, it's like right, there was, right, right. it's 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 rare. But it's always got, like yeah. we always talk about: is this the team that just like avoids the early league hiccup, yeah. or the late December, early January hiccup? And no, hey, they didn't have an early season hiccup. They just sucked the whole year. How about that? They didn't do it this year. We've got we've gotten so many comments, whether it's like Twitter or you know in the in the chat or whatever about. You know, can Musk fire his son? Why, why did Why did Musk promote his son? This ain't Michael Musselman's <laughs> no. fault either, people. Like, I mean, no. We're trying to find like, and like, yeah, look, I love like, Gus. Everybody acting like it's like Gus Arjun was like, oh, if he were back, this wouldn't happen either. It's like, y'all are all stupid, man. Yeah. Like, it, there's there's no one thing. Sorry. Gus is one of my my good buddies, but he's not John Wooden. Like, right. I mean, come on. It's, well, relax. we don't know yet, actually. You could end up he, being He could, I mean. <laughs> he is back out west. Gus, I had your back, man. I'm sorry. He's back out west. Uh, Mick Cronin screwing things up at UCLA. I don't know. Man. You get back See on the happens. West Coast, no telling what can happen. I'm just tired, Frankie. <laughs> and I just wanted something to feel good about. Sports-wise for Arkansas, at least. Scotty, so, we the rest of our life don't bring much happiness anyway. We, we were relying on sports. Scotty, I'm tired of talking about this basketball team. You want to go do it for another hour? Yeah, I about to say, yeah, I was going to ask you guys, because we've been talking for a while, <laughs> and I know that it's like you'd rather... You know, put toothpicks between your toenails and kick a cement wall than have to talk about this. Hey, thing. let's so, leave it up to the chat. How long do y'all want this next pot at the palace to be, minutes wise? Like, how long do you want it to be? Yeah. And also, we got to I don't know if you want to answer that question because people are going to be like, six hours. Uh, can you just unplug the internet and not do one so we don't have to hear about this Stay less. crappy team anymore? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, this, but no. This, this show is all of our shows are going to be choose your own adventure. Sure. This soon. It's just going to be like everyone decide what happens and yeah. we'll follow your lead. Yeah. We'll, We'll be well, like circus clowns just performing on command. Well, in all honesty, before, of course, you guys go record it, like, what are you guys going to discuss? Just kind of give a little teaser for those that need to subscribe and listen to the Pod at the Palace. We're going to talk about the transfer portal 
and what this team needs to do to not be like this team is right now. Um, that's part of it. I think we might play a little game of what could have gone different for this not to be an absolute unmitigated disaster. Uh, I'll tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to talk about this Ole Miss game, and we're going to talk very little about previewing Kentucky because it doesn't matter at this point. It's about Arkansas. It is not about Kentucky or LSU or Alabama or anybody else. I'm thinking about making a little bit of fun of Missouri because as bad as this SEC season's going for Arkansas, Missouri has fewer SEC wins than Arkansas does. I'd wait about 10 days for that. Hey, we can... They're going to be on our necks anyway. That's fine. We got baseball get them. Do they play? Yeah, I don't think... No, they do play Missouri this okay, year. Okay, good, sure. good. That's all I need to hear. Yeah. And while they're going over there and playing that game, I'm going to do the game during the commercial break of, hey, let's drink the stuff under the sink and see what happens. Um, <laughs> Scotty and Curtis were doing that last time, man. They would just take little trips to the kitchen. I couldn't find them sometimes. During the Hopefully there's some bleach in there for me. So, But uh, anyways, we got to take a break, folks. Appreciate everybody watching in and listening in. Uh, as much as this sucks, what doesn't suck is, of course, our friends at Alumni Hall because you Razorback fans out there deserve something better. And you ain't going to get it on the court, so you might as well get it with the clothing that you wear and the apparel that you rock. So check out Alumni Hall right there, conveniently located in Fayetteville at 3417 North College Avenue. When you go over there, tell them that we sent you because they love us. And when you tell them that you heard it from us, then I don't know. They're going to treat you great no matter what. But it is a place that you can go in and see everything that you could possibly want when it comes to shirts, when it comes to shorts when it comes to hats when it comes to I mean, anything for the house even and it's for men women children even dogs cats pets in general you can get it with alumni hall and not only do they have different apparels to choose from but they have some of the nicest things like columbia nike things of that nature too and we also have a place for you to go to check it out it is nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall so just kind of flip it it is nattystatesports.com slash Alumni Hall. Check them out. If you need your apparel, if you're getting ready for baseball season. If that's the only thing that you can feel good about is the way that you're wearing your Razorback apparel, well, you, maybe you deserve it a little bit more than others when you wear that hog on your chest. But either way, check them out today. You can also visit them in store and get ready for that baseball season that will be coming up shortly at 3417 North College Avenue. You can shop them online at nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall. We're going to take a break and come back with more of the John Neighbor Show. So stay with us live from Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening into the John Neighbor Show here live from Natty State Sports Studios as we're having uh, as much fun as we humanly possibly can, or at least trying to at this point in time. It's been pretty disappointing, but that's okay. Um, I guess we got Andrew Ellis still joining us, right? I think I, th I think Andrew is still actually here. Other guys left, but Andrew's still here. The basketball guys couldn't take it anymore. They had uh, they had heard murmurs that we were going to be talking about a much happier sport, and they they had to get out of here. I can, I, can we join them? <laughs> yeah, can we Maybe, get out yeah. of here too? The pot of the pals will just be a continued moaning, like we've been doing the past hour about how much we're miserable. It sounds great. Sounds great to me. I mean, listen, I know that we're being a little bit over, or at least I am, probably a little over the top and everything, but. I don't know. I don't feel like I, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's been anything that I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, eh. like, I don't think I'm being too ridiculous, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't feel like I'm being too over the top, too ridiculous, too anything like that. I, I just don't feel that way. 
No, and I really feel like what it is is it's the culmination of this whole season. Like we've all watched Arkansas basketball struggle these past few years, and we've done the bits of like, oh man, that was a rough loss. Can they overcome it? Can they do whatever? And I think that we all started catching wind that this might be a real situation. If, you know, in the last few weeks, we've gotten more and more sure that that is the case. Um, I think, you know, I can't speak for you, John, but at least for me personally, I was trying to hold out as long as I could because you want to give them that leeway of they've earned it. You know, when you've gone to the Sweet 16 three straight years, you've gone to the Elite Eight twice, you've kind of done this routine before, you have a little bit of a leeway. And we gave them as much leash as possible. So really, it's not like we just now started being frustrated with the team. It's more that we've been kind of keeping it pent up. And now we've gotten That's to the, the point where we just can't do that anymore. We can't no. keep pretending like this team doesn't suck. They suck. No, no, they do. They do. But that's okay because we're, we're going to continue to talk about not from us because we actually had my buddy Aaron Torres on the show today or recorded an interview with him earlier from Fox Sports Radio as well as the Aaron Torres podcast. Someone who knows Eric Musselman and the, the program pretty well. And he had some uh, pretty interesting things to say to say the least. So let's go ahead and hear from what uh, old AT had to say about this team, the problems, and is it something that can actually be fixed? Take a listen. Right now we're joined by a very special guest, which I guess it's technically our first guest here on the John Neighbor Show, at least via video. And he's looking good, especially with that really nice mansion that he has in the background yeah. and everything. It is Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio and the Aaron Torres Podcast. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, no, this is uh, my hideout bunker. Um, you know, I, I made some big promises on Arkansas basketball in the preseason, and so now Arkansas fans are mad at me, so I had to go into hiding here for a couple of days. But uh, it's good to be here, and yeah, I was actually also wondering about that as well. Am I like a, a good, a, a, you know, you call me some sort of special guest or whatever. Am I special or just the only, the, the only guy that said yes so far? Might be both. Okay. You know, can, can we can can we go with that? Might be both, sure. but that's okay. But yeah, I, I wish that you could come on in better circumstances, to be honest. Because you know, football was really bad for Arkansas. And I'm like, okay, well, that's okay. You know, basketball though. Sure. Basketball's the it's the saving grace. I mean, eight and three in the last three years, the NCAA tournament. This team's loaded with talent and the excitement. My man, Arkansas and Razorback basketball is teetering right now to possibly being the worst Razorback basketball team in the past 20 years. Wow. They're getting blown out and you know that they suffered their worst home loss in history to Auburn a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It was the worst loss they ever experienced against Ole Miss on the road in their history between the two teams. So dude, what can you explain this team? Can you give any sort of explanation because I'm out of answers and I really don't know what to say or what to make of this team right now. I really can't give, you know, great answers. Um, and it's funny because I even go back to my time in Fayetteville for the Duke game when you and I were hanging out there for a couple of days. It, it really felt like, okay, like we have work to do. Um, and that was at a time when, you know, you're coming off, what, two losses in the Bahamas. But I think there may have been a win in between. I can't remember. But anyway, and I talked about this on my show and I might have talked about it with you at, at some point was I I did think it was interesting when I was there, you could kind of feel the tension in the program, but a good kind of tension of like, okay, we have to get this back on track. And to their credit, they did that night. Um, obviously ended up being their best performance of the year, all that. But I don't think that anyone, sure, I know, I know it goes without saying no one has, no one obviously saw this coming, but I just, it's pretty unexplainable to me. And, and I think especially to, um, you know, 
Menafield being out, then he comes back. He was kind of recruited to kind of be that lead guard guy with the ball in his hand. So when you're struggling, then you think, okay, well, maybe he's going to be the answer, and he isn't. Um, and I think what, what goes without saying, what feels super obvious to me is obviously, you know, Coach Moss is still doing everything that he can to try and figure things out. I mean, he's shaking up the lineups, he's trying to find anything that'll work. Nothing is um it's just it's just a wild deal, man. It's just it's disappointing. Uh it's wild. You know, I I did like them in the preseason. I saw you know some people that that picked them to win the championship and stuff are getting criticized. Listen, we were all excited about this team in the preseason. I would say this too, John. The other crazy thing is you guys beat Purdue in the preseason as well. Like, like in, in a game I know you were at, and in a game that you know everyone will say, Oh, it's the preseason, it doesn't matter. It's like, no, no, no. I watched that game. Both teams were trying to win that game, and so to see where it was then versus where it was against Duke to where it is now. It's unbelievable. Um, I can't, I mean, literally can't believe it, but here we are. And obviously things are, are not going well right now. And I know, you know, Muss, and you know, we've, we've covered him and even back in his days of Nevada and, and had a long relationship with him and everything. But have you ever seen one of his teams like this? Cause Never. I mean, the guy is wired a, a way of, he does not accept anything except for the greatest of efforts and everything. I think that's also what's so shocking. It's one thing to be struggling or have a, a team that's not as good as like last year, the year before, but to a team that might be one of the worst in the SEC right now and they're getting their doors blown off, it's just weird to see a must-coach team like this. I've never seen anything like it. No, me neither. And you asked if there was ever any parallel at Nevada. There never was. I mean, year one, I think they went from like four wins the year before he got there to like 23. Now they were like 23 and 12 or something. I mean, it wasn't, you know, some incredible experience. Year two at Nevada, they make the tournament. Year three, they make the Sweet 16. Year four, they're in the top 10 all year and they make the tournament and lose to Florida in the opening round of, of the, of the, of the big dance. And so I just bring it up because the, at least at the college level, there is no parallel to this. And, and I think that what you said there, John, a minute ago is the shocking part is what he's done. I think as well as anybody in college basketball, since he's gotten there is he has been able to continue to tinker, continue to tweak, continue to figure things out until he finds that group that works. And I always go back to, I guess it was now not last season, but the season before, um, the year that they inserted Trey Wade into the starting lineup. And it was like, I, if I remember correctly, and maybe my mind is going, but I don't think he was playing much at all. And then all of a sudden, yeah, and then he's a starter, and then the team takes off. And and I don't know if if they don't have a guy like that that's willing to do the dirty work. I don't. I, I think part of it is they probably don't have that real go-to scorer like a J.D. Note. Um, but that's the shocking part because th that is the one thing that I think, again, Coach Moss has done as well as anybody is an ability to continue to tweak and tinker until he finds something that works. I mean, it's now as you and I speak, I don't know when this interview will drop, but it's the 25th of January. I mean, we're what, seven games in SEC play now, six games in SEC play. So we're talking at we're essentially at about the 40 percent way of the season. It's sad, man. It's just it's just a disappointment because I, I I know from being there how excited the fan base was about this team, even as recently as mid to late December into this month, and to just see it go so sideways so quick uh, without any seeming answer or explanation, I think is the other part is is obviously, you know, I am sympathetic. I do feel bad. Speaking with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio, as well as the Aaron Torres podcast here. And, you know, another element to AT, I want to get your thoughts on another guy you know, because this has been a discussion I've had with the guys here at Natty State Sports. I've had a discussion with some other media people and uh, even just in my own mind, I guess, a discussion with myself. But 
Gus Arginal, like that was a guy that I remember when he was hired, we talked, me and you talked, and you're like, man, this guy's awesome. He's a rock star. Uh, and he was here at Arkansas. He did great things. And now he left, went on to be a head coach elsewhere. How big of an impact do you think maybe that could have of just losing someone like a Gus Arginal could be having on this team and maybe some of the issues that they're having? Uh, well, I think it, it hurts, um, but most of the, the staff is still intact. And so love Gus. I, I, I think he is a great young rising coach. Um, but, you know, you still have Keith Smart. You still have Ronnie Brewer. You still have everybody from from previous years, Coach Ruda, Coach, you know, uh, Michael Musselman. So I don't want to give too much credit or too much blame one way or the other. But the one thing I can say, and, and I can't speak to relationships with other guys on the staff, but I know that Coach Muss really did really trust Gus and, and really took his word of this is going to work. This isn't going to work. This is a kid we need to recruit. This isn't a kid that we need to recruit, whatever. And it was kind of that sounding board. And, and I, again, I don't know the dynamics of the staff. I don't want to say that that person doesn't exist because I don't know. But I do know the close relationship that those two guys did have um, just from a perspective of a guy that must really trusted um, and I think it was a bridge between with the players. I, the, the players really liked him. You know, I remember dating back to the Nevada days, you know, um, being at practices where he was the guy after practice, you know, as, as an assistant coach shagging, you know, rebounds and, and going over film with guys and stuff like that. Um, and again, I, I, it's not to say that other guys on the staff this year aren't doing it, but but he was just a guy that I think, like I said, he was a very good bridge between must trusted him and the coaching staff trusted him but also the players had a great deal of respect for him again not saying that the players don't respect these guys on the staff but it was just it was just one of those unique relationships where where both sides really felt comfortable with him and i do think losing a guy like that i think losing staff members uh, trusted longtime staff members at any place is always tough um but i can't i can't deny and say that that has no impact at all because i i do know how close he was and how much must did trust him must does trust him still well, the thing about must too is, you know, when it's always interesting to see how people handle adversity. And yeah. even though there's been times and there's been some issues and even last year's team had some issues, they fought through it and they yeah. made the tournament and made a run. That's not going to be the case this year. And just something miraculous happens because this is just another level of, of bad basketball. So the question becomes of what's next for Muss. you know, I'm not stupid or naive enough to think he's going to finish his career at Arkansas. Like as much as a lot of people would love that. And I'm not saying he needs to be fired at all, but do you think that there could be something to maybe after this season, if there's a certain job opening up or the right job opens up or, or, or something like that to where he feels, you know what? That was a horrible year. That was a tough ride. I has a bad taste in my mouth. I need a refresher. I need a restart. I got to move on. Like, do you think that there could be something to where Muss? feels like hey maybe i need to to move on and take my talents elsewhere from arkansas well a couple of things one i want to go back to what you said uh at the beginning there because i think that's an interesting point is that i think when guys like me maybe on the national scale hyped up arkansas in the preseason um and it wasn't just me there was a lot of people but but people would say oh they, they weren't even good last year and they got lucky to get in the tournament and it's like well you and i know and your audience knows because they all follow this team on a day in day out basis Trevin Brazil was playing at an insane level. Then he gets hurt. Nick Smith is out. Then he comes back. Then he's out. Then the team starts playing well. They win at Rupp Arena. And then Nick Smith goes down again. So, like, the notion that there's some parallel between this year and last year, I don't buy that. Like, I think this is a completely standalone year. Year, you know, year one, whatever that was a COVID year. Year two, year three, they figure it out in SEC play. They make a run. Last year, it was up and down, but so was the lineup. So was the health of people, stuff like that. 
So this year is completely different. And like you said, they've they've always had guys that are, are willing to fight through it. Um, and so is it is it the players? Is it this, whatever? As far as like what's next, you know, listen, I I I as far as I know, uh, with the like, I think the contract is interesting. Is the buyout isn't very big, and so the question becomes, you know, are there jobs that would interest him? What jobs would interest him? I mean, the thing that that I will say about Arkansas is, I think it's it's a multifold thing. Uh, it's a reason for Coach Must to stay, but it's also a reason that Arkansas fans should feel good. Is that how we define like a great job in 2024? Now it is is so different than it was like three, four, five years ago. You know, like like. As an example, right? Like, so I live in LA. Um, UCLA won a million championships a million years ago, but Mick Cronin publicly is out there complaining about NIL, which I think is mostly nonsense based on what I've been told. Um, you know, but, but, you know, do you have your NIL online? You know, this is a pay for play world that we live in, even though the NCAA says it's not pay for play, it's pay for play world. Okay. And so why I bring it up is because I, I think it's easy to sit here now and say, oh, if this job opens or if that job opens, would he seriously look at? It's like, there are not many places, and I know this, now that I've been to campus and I've hung out and I've seen all the new buildings and the new shiny objects and, and how much money is being put into that university and that athletic department, it's easy to say, well, this job is better or that job is better. But when you get to the nuts and bolts of not only facilities and resources and recruiting bases and whatever, um, there aren't that many jobs that are better than Arkansas because there's not many schools that are going to support the program with everything, including NIL, including that kind of stuff like Arkansas is. So one, from the must perspective, I have no idea if he plans to look around. I, you know, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think his buyout is pretty small where he could probably get out of the contract if he wanted to. Um, but I think it's easy to say, Oh, you know, could I be interested in this or could I be interested in that? And then it comes down to it. And it's like, is that really an easier place for me to win or have success than it is at Arkansas? But then you could look at it from the other perspective too, is, is I think this job because of the way the school supports this team, because of the way sec and the big 10 are starting to branch out from everybody else. Uh, I think it's going to be a very appealing job. If he were to decide to leave at some point in the future, by the way, like you said, at some point it's going to happen, whether it's this off season, five years from now, 20 years, whatever it is. And once that happens, I think one, he has established you can win here, but two, it's pretty well known that Arkansas really supports its, its, its basketball program. And so I think the pool of candidates that would be interested in this job is probably going to be a lot more uh, interesting and high end than it would have been maybe, you know, when he took the job or certainly at times before that. So again, I think that's a positive, whether you, you, you know, whether you think coach Musk could potentially leave who could be next, but also in retaining him, because obviously uh, it is a really good job, man. Like, like, I don't, I don't me. And I don't, I, I, I hate to keep bringing up this point, but having been there now and having seen what it's all about, rather than just hearing about it from guys like you and fans and this and that you can see it's a, it's a, it's a special place that really is built to win at a pretty high level. Um, and I see no reason why there's going to be, you know, why this isn't a one-off blip, blip off the radar season, whether whoever's the next head coach or whoever is the head coach there next year. Well, and it's funny too, cause you know, I've always said was a kid growing up and everything during the John Pelfrey years or, you know, the low Mike Anderson years, you'd still like bad, a bad crowd, a bad crowd yep. was like 12,000. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know how many basketball, like school, like teams and programs would die to have 5,000 people at their sure. thing. So yeah, I'm with you on, on, on the Arkansas and, and where it's at. And 
I guess it's also too, and it's been frustrating, but it, it's also hearing all the points some, from some fans. They're like, this is what happens when you do the transfer portal this way. This is what happens when you just rely on the transfer portal. You get a bunch of new kids and new roster and you can't figure it out. I, it's like, it's not sustainable is what everyone says. I think that it can be, but I also can hear arguments where, hey, there sometimes there's pros, sometimes there's cons, and this has definitely been a con where maybe, just maybe, part of the team's problem this year has been just you got a lot of guys that haven't clicked, haven't glued yeah. together. Maybe the talent's there, but just not the, the chemistry, not the know-how, not the leadership, whatever it is. That can also be kind of the downside to work in the transfer portal the way that must has been known to work it sometimes. So a couple of thoughts on that one. Um, I don't really buy that because I mean, look across college basketball. It's just like, it's not 1991 anymore. Like you're not retaining 11 players year over year anywhere. Not, it's not just Arkansas. Um, you know, Kentucky has two returning players from last year. So if they have 13, 14 scholarship players, that's 11, 12 new players. You know, Rick Pitino, I saw an interview with him the other day. Oh, I got 12 new players. I've never done this before. It's like, so it can happen. The one thing that I will say, and I've heard this from a lot of coaches really over the last year or two, is like you kind of go back four or five years when Musk started doing the portal thing is two things. One, he's talked about this publicly, is like I was the only one recruiting it, so I had access to, you know, uh, uh, the, the pool was smaller, but I had, you know, more access to whatever. But I think the other thing, and this is something a lot of people are telling me, is there's just so many guys going in so many different directions, you know, from high major to low major, low major to high major, high major to other high major, low major. To, it's like guys told me like even three years ago, four years ago, there used to be kind of a system where you could sort of project, okay, like this guy did this at this level. So it's sort of realistic for us to expect him to do this at this level. And that's really just kind of gone out the window. Like I, I'll give you an example, the Dalton connect kid that everyone's going crazy about. Like they said in the broadcast, the Tennessee Alabama broadcast on Saturday, like they asked Nate Oates about it. And they're like, Nate Oates was like, yeah, we looked at him in the portal. They're like, and NATO's basically said, yeah, if we thought he was going to be this, we would have looked a little bit harder. Like the, the insinuation being like, I mean, when hundreds of kids, a thousand kids are hitting the portal, there's just no real way to know. And, you know, I'm sure there's some ways, but there's no real way to know who's going to click, who isn't. Um, and I, I do think that's part of it. And so I do like I get the notion that you I think both sides are true is teams are winning with new players with the portal with whatever but i will say like the idea of just taking a guy and knowing okay he did this at this level so that's going to translate to this in the sec i just think those days are gone and it, i don't think it's going to get any easier especially for teams and there are a lot of them it's not just arkansas that are taking a lot of different guys year over year over year no, that's a good point. And sometimes I think people forget that out of their own bubble, you know, like of looking course. at that, that's just the way that it is now. And uh, I guess it's the, the surprising thing is, you know, there's always been hits for Eric Musselman yeah. and some of the transfers that he's had. But even at Arkansas, there were some misses. You know, there was always been a Gental Silla, you know, from his oh, first year that didn't that pan out. Yeah, Vance Jackson, guys like that, that, uh, you know, like really throwing some names out. But I guess, I don't know, like you see – Tremont Mark didn't play last night, but still is like, he, he's a good player proved at Houston. And, you know, we saw even guys from small school. So it's just weird. It's just, we're trying to figure out why. Of course. <laughs> like, that's what it is. We're exercising every option here of trying to figure out why, but it's everybody very is. I mean, it's not just fans. It's, it's the staff. It's everybody in that building. Um, 
no, you know, no, nobody likes losing and, and fans certainly don't. And fans have the right to be frustrated. You're paying your hard earned money, but I guarantee you they're, they're trying to figure it out in that building as well, because I don't think anybody thought that this was going to go like this. So, well, at least the good news is, is that you came on the show and that uh, is probably the best part of uh, Thank the basketball you. season is you talking about it. So you have to get me down there. Cause I mean, they're undefeated when I'm in Bud Walton arena. So, yeah, but they didn't start having a bad season until you showed up either. So like, they were coming off two losses in the Bahamas. What are you talking about? Just saying, I briefly like, saved the season. What are you talking about? All right. Well, okay. The, we'll work the on Torres that. Well, magic dust wore off, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that to try to get you here once again. And you could just make, maybe move here to Fayetteville and you can go to all the games. And so that way they'll always be. I heard you bought a big sprawling house with all your natty state. Uh, they call it the natty estate. That's what they actually call it. So maybe you have like a spare bedroom on one of the wings that you don't use over there. So maybe, maybe, you know. Man, are you kidding me? Look at your place right there in the background. I That's see it, that mansion behind this it. This is I'm more of a bunker. This is a hideout because, like I said, a lot of Arkansas fans are mad because I was hyping them up. Man, man, with your money, you could spit on the cameras if you wanted to. Like, I mean, you're, you're you're that level of uh, making it big time here. But that's okay. That's okay. Nah, Listen, I we both are highly successful people that blow ourselves up a little bit more than what we are. So it's that. It but somebody's got to. Somebody's well, this got is to. my hideout bunker for uh, – People that are listening on podcast have no idea what it's. I have the the worst uh, fake Zoom background right now that looks like a, a really fancy place that is just a fake Zoom background. So, looks beautiful. It's a place I'd like to live. But either way, hey At, appreciate it as always, man. Thanks for trying to make sense out of it. It's gonna be a long season, but hey, baseball, right? Razorback baseball is around the corner, so you know maybe me. people can college baseball. Guy. Two weeks a year, baby. That's Every right. Year. Big, big time guy, big time baseball guy. So, but we'll be catching up with you. Appreciate it, man. And again, it's Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio and the Aaron Torres podcast. Be sure to follow him on there too. And uh, have a good weekend, AT. We'll be catching up with you. All right. I'll be watching Saturday. Thanks for having me, John. I hope, I hope everybody enjoys game day. I mean, it's, it's a great atmosphere. I hope people are going to show up. I know the team's struggling a little bit, but hopefully everybody has fun with that. Here's hoping, man. Appreciate you. Again, that was Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio and the Aaron Torres podcast. And we're actually going to talk a little baseball. Good stuff, good news, and everything. Because Dave Van Orn had a press conference today. And we'll get into that here in just a second. But folks, I got to tell you about superior contracting and development. We know that each and every one of us are wanting to always change things up a little bit, especially when it comes to our house. Sometimes it's the interior. You're wanting a little makeover for the inside of your house. Or maybe it's at the outside. Expanding the land a little bit. Building a pool. Having fencing done. No matter what it is, interior or exterior, Superior Contracting and Development in Arkansas can help you out with that. Even though they're based in Valonia, they are statewide. So they can help you out any way and every way, no matter where you're living in the state of Arkansas, to make sure that you get the best type of setup when it comes to your housing needs. They're licensed residential and commercial contractors, and they specialize in all different aspects of it too. So you got to give them a call today at 501-453-3053. That's 501-453-3053. It's contracting at superiorarc.com is the email. Because let's be honest, if you're somebody that feels a little bit better when it comes to the email and getting a quick response, they have you taken care of there as well. And they have a great website that you can visit, check out, and see more details about what they do and how they do it and when they can do it at superiorarc.com. That's superiorarc.com. So no matter what it is, interior, exterior needs, construction, remodeling, no matter what, do it with Superior Contracting and Development located right here in Arkansas. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll get to some Razorback baseball, which I know everybody wants to get into. So stay with us here on the John Neighbor Show as we are live from the Natty State Sports Studios. 
Welcome back into the John Neighbors Show here live from Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening in and watching in as it is me, John Neighbors, being your host. But also, we do indeed have Andrew Ellis. He's hanging out. Once again, the, Once vibes, again. the vibes are always so sad when you have to admit that I'm the only one left on the stream. It does seem like it's a it depressing happens realization often. where you're it, like, yeah, it does. It seems like it happens often. They like, stuck me with Andrew. Yeah, you know? they, they, they went ahead and left. That's not like Sam Pittman right there. I can't help but talk about like Sam uh, Pittman. He's my idol. Or maybe Eeyore from uh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> they are cousins, so that makes sense that they would sound a little kind of kind of talking a little bit slower there. Right, but that's uh, fine. That's fine. Um, let's see. So uh, we're going to get to uh, some of the fun stuff that I'm sure a lot of people would rather talk about too when it comes to, you know, like, baseball because you know andrew over there he was at the press conference i said when they say you're at the press yeah. conference i guess it's like it's a I was Zoom in that press room conference. right over there yes it's <laughs> like he, he was at it at his computer uh but dave van horn did me with the media so that was fun and actually had some uh interesting things to say good news is nobody at this point there's no tommy john surgery no pictures that you love and want to see more of that are hurt or anything like that However, there were a few th interesting things I've noted, but this one by far was the most interesting, talking about catchers that the Razorbacks have. Take a listen. Yeah, Parker Rollenback, who started for us last year, and yeah, he didn't hit much, uh, but he caught extremely well, and he, and he did a great job with our pitching staff. And then, you know, you've got Hudson White, who came in here from Texas Tech that was splitting time back there with a younger player, and he has made a huge jump on the defensive end. He throws well athletically he could play other positions and he was our best hitter in the fall i mean as far as just barreling up the ball and hitting the ball all over the field tough out taking walks fouling off pitches um you know he's going to be in the lineup and uh, it'd be hard to beat it out and uh you know that but that's a, a good problem and then you know freshman Ryder helfrick is uh as talented a freshman catcher i've ever had and i had james mccann in here uh, that was pretty darn good. And I've had some good ones, but, uh, you know, you think back of James, his first year was catch and throw. And then the bat came on. It really came out his junior year. And he probably led us in hitting, uh, even with those terrible bats we had to use that year. Um, but Ryder has a lot, a lot more bat potential this year. And if he keeps getting better with the bat, which I'm sure he will arm strength receiver, uh, he was outstanding the first five weeks of fall baseball. The last week, not so good. And uh, I don't know if he just kind of hit the wall or what happened, but uh, he's kind of hard on himself. And he's a really good player, and he just doesn't – he just needs to relax and play. But So did you hear the same thing I did, Andrew, to that? That Ryder Helfrick is way better than James McCann and could play in the big leagues right now? Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, I mean, I think that that's exactly what he said verbatim, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, John. There's always like these things that happen, whether it's football, basketball, or baseball, that like we talk about going into the season that get thrown back in our faces by the disgruntled fans. I remember last year when Dave Van Horn said this might be the best pitching staff, and he felt like it was like Arkansas was going to be so deep on the mound, and people kept throwing that back in his face. I feel like this one is one that's going to come back to haunt him. Not in a now, obviously, I'm saying Ryder Helfrick. I love Ryder Helfrick. As they're all fall, I mean, he was. There were times where I thought he might be the best player on the team already, let alone catcher. I mean, he's as ready to play right away in college. Right? I mean, he looks. He physically looks like an MLB player right now. I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but I just feel <laughs> like Caleb Callie started like one for twenty or whatever last year. I think Ryder Helper. I'm not saying he's going to do that, 
But it, whatever it is, if he starts 0 for 4, 0 for 3, 1 for 5, people are going to freak out right away. Oh, he! I thought he was supposed to be the future. But uh, again, wasn't us that told you that. That was Dave Van Horn. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's interesting what he said. And I'm glad he mentioned Hudson White, who the, the catcher they got from Texas Tech, who many people think he's like a top 150, 200 draft pro- prospect this year. Because last year at shortstop and catcher, those were kind of the two positions where everyone looked at this Arkansas team and they were like, that is not on par with what we're used to seeing. And from a talent standpoint, that was kind of the the biggest questions of the offseason. They answered those questions about as emphatically as you can. And uh, they kind of wound up with a situation where you had the two catchers from last year, Parker Rowland and Hudson Hudson Polk, who he later referenced after that video. Um, those two guys are back and a year older, veterans. And now you have these two uber-talented guys, one older, one as a freshman. Arkansas legit has four catchers that they feel comfortable playing. And that, like, just doesn't happen in college baseball. I mean, you're lucky if you can have two catchers that are even competent. Arkansas has four that they legit could start. See, that's the thing where, of course, knowing that this team's got the expectations that they do, which, you know, I think Van Horn's fine with. I think the team's fine with. I think everybody's fine with the expectation because they have it on themselves. However, it's like if you were to, like, what's, I don't even call it a weakness, but like, what is the biggest question mark of this team right now? I mean, because it's like, I know they're good at pitching. It seems like it's going to be as good as it's been in a long time. You hear the catcher being compared to James McCann. So it's like you got that going on. Like what? what's the weakness of this team right now? I don't know if this team has a weakness, but I think that if there's a question mark that I want to see them answer is last year's outfield. Do you think about that? Jace Borfin, who played, you know, I guess, left, right, center. He kind of played it all. Huge bat, good defender who produced, drove in a ton of runs for them. Jared Wagner, when he was in the lineup, uh, he huge big time run producer, big time offensive production. Tavian Josenberger, leadoff guy. Those are three outfielders right there. That offensively, that's about as much as you can get from a trio. And Arkansas is going to have Kendall Diggs in the right field, and we know what he can do with the bat. But I just think when you look across the board, Ty Wilmsmeyer from Missouri, the transfer is probably going to end up being the starter in center field. He is not a Tavian Josenberger at the plate. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just mean he's he's not as much of a threat, whether it's on the base paths. He, he'll probably hit around that 280, 290 range, but he's not going to be a guy that hits like Jared Wagner, 15 home runs. Uh, <laughs> left field, I think Jason Jones is kind of the X factor here. And I asked DVH about him today because I wanted to hear what he had to say, and I heard good things. But I think if Arkansas is going to have a guy that can take up some of that production that they're replacing, I think Jason Jones is kind of the X factor and needs to do it in left field. So outfield offense is kind of the, I don't know if it's a question mark, but it's something that I want to see them figure out between now and now in the season. We'll see what that looks like. I'm excited about it just because, as we've talked about with basketball and football, it's been pretty disappointing. But also just because of, regardless of if this team wins at all, which I know that that's the expectation. I mean, let's just be honest. It's the expectation that this team is expected to win at all. But the process of getting there, you got to have the season. And I think it's going to be so fun to watch this team this season to see what Dave Van Horn does when it comes to who he starts, why he starts them, rotations, the lineup. Um, you know, again, you don't want anyone to get hurt. Hopefully no one does, but if they do, or if there's someone banged up or whatever, who comes in just the amount of different options that you have. And especially since a lot of these guys they've heard of and fans have heard of, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember him playing last year. Oh, that was a big time transfer. It just seems like there's going to be so familiar, so much familiarity with this team overall to where no matter who's going out there, it's going to be high quality and it's going to be somebody to where if Dave Van Horn has one guy playing over another. It's not because one guy sucks and the other one's just average. It's because you got two really, two or three really good players out there, and one of them just has something a little bit extra on it to be able to be a little bit better. 
Yeah, and I think last year's team, you know, they had they wasn't a wasn't the most talented roster Arkansas's ever had, but I thought Arkansas's position player depth was a huge point of emphasis for them, and especially because they had guys like Wagner and Josenberger go down. The fact that they were able to win the SEC still was because of that depth, and they have that on this year's team. I mean, Jared Spragelot's a guy that y'all probably haven't heard a ton about, but at Richmond last year, he hit over 300, had over, I think he had 10 home runs, started at second base. He played some shortstop in the fall, third. I mean, he's a great defender. On paper, as good of a transfer addition as you could find, I don't see a path to him starting this year. I just don't see a way. And so you're going to have a guy like that's going to be sitting. I mean, Ben McLaughlin's a guy who had a ton of success for Arkansas. He's far from a guarantee to be in the lineup. I mean, Peyton Holt has kind of solidified himself, but you just go on the line. There's like 13, 14 guys on this team that you could make the argument need to play. But the thing I really love about the team, John, is like you mentioned that kind of, I don't know if it's returning production, but it's leadership that this team has that the basketball team definitely doesn't have. And the football team really didn't have it either is, we don't have to wonder who the dudes are on the mound for Arkansas. Hagan Smith's going to be up there. Brady Tiger and Mason Molina wasted no time proving he was a dude this fall. Like, And Will McIntyre for the bullpen and Cody Frank, guys like that are kind of shouldering it. Those older guys, nobody has to wonder, hey, who do we look to? Who's going to lead us here? And then in the infield, you know, you got Peyton Stovall right in the middle. Vahiva Lloyd at shortstop, not a huge talker, but I think you have those guys. Kendall Diggs is a team captain. Like, I think this team has a lot of answers to a lot of questions. And I think that... The personalities, the leadership, the talent. Like again, we just talked about don't expect anything happy, don't expect anything good. But I really do love the leadership dynamics on this team. And it all starts at the top with Dave Van Horn. I mean, and I like that Arkansas has both their their pitching coach and their hitting coach back for like I guess it's now the fifth year in a row they've had this same group. Like that's a huge asset in college baseball, especially when you look at some of the teams Arkansas is competing against, like LSU, who don't necessarily have that same luxury. Um, again, like we, we, we can talk about all the pieces we want. They check all the boxes. It's just a matter of, can they make it freaking happen, man? And I don't know. I'm really excited to just see, see them get started and see just what this team's personality and identity is like. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm never going to sit here and say like, oh, guarantee this in baseball. Cause I mean, again, the years that other than the 2018 season, yeah. but it's like, other than that, it's like, it's you can't even, like, you can't guarantee all 27 outs. No, no, you can't <laughs> as we know. Can't guarantee anything these days, especially in baseball. But it's like this team has everything that they need to get to back to Omaha and to win a championship. I don't think that that's out of bounds to say. But it's also a matter of, of health. And they also play in a thing called the SEC, which yeah. is going to be loaded with talent and everything. And I, I was looking at the schedule, and it's interesting because it's like, I feel like the two Mississippi schools have been down since they won the oh, title. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so, you know, Arkansas has got to play both of those teams. Alabama has a new coach. Hopefully this one doesn't gamble as much um, or at least help out <laughs> well, in gambling. It's been a, been a big uptick in the gambling uh, yes. stuff going on. Now. Keishon Butte today, we could have talked about him. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that whole thing too. So, yeah, it's like, so you got Alabama's got a new coach. Um, Auburn's kind of like a, I don't know what to make of them. They're weird. They're like, they're similar to Auburn basketball almost where yeah. it's like they're good and like you can't just like walk in and beat them, but you don't necessarily fear them necessarily like, you know, yeah. like you, you know, the pieces, you know, the names and, you know, Butch Thompson's done a good job there, but they don't like put that fear in you. They're right. just kind of always like pretty good. Right. And so it's really, at least in the West, cause this is the last year of divisions, right? Yep. Or yeah, this, that, is, this is the last, this is Arkansas. This could be Arkansas's last SEC West title. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, cause I didn't think I got anything official from, I know in football they're doing away with divisions, but I didn't know if every sport was doing away with divisions. So they sent out something. I believe Arkansas, it's like, everybody's going to have one permanent baseball opponent. 
Okay. Did I see that right? They put you, out actually, a release. Yeah, I think you are right. They put out that. a release like two. I feel. Or was it two? I feel like two you opponents. and well, there's was that football or baseball? I think it might be two. Football, they haven't done anything as far as football. They haven't opponents. done. So I think it, it must baseball. be two. It it's baseball. two, and Arkansas's yeah. are whatever the two closest are. I think it's like Missouri and Ole Miss. Yeah, Missouri and Ole Miss. Yeah, because not, sounds, not every right. SEC school is like directly like the two closest, but they tried to do it as yeah. geographically. Because I remember everybody was so mad about it. They were like, "Oh, we got screwed." I'm like, "You got screwed geographically." That's yeah. what happened. And what do you mean you got screwed? Like, right. give, give me Missouri baseball all right. the time. Hey, like, spoiler alert: Mississippi State they got to play Ole Miss every year, and they're gonna you know like it's everyone's is the two schools closest to them. Yes, so don't think fine. like could there's be a some lot conspiracy worse. going on there. That's the that's what it is. That's right. That's right. It could be a lot worse. And I guess like A and M is a team that's. I mean, yeah. could be, should be, maybe. Well, Schlossnagel, I, be, I guess this is year three for Jim Schlossnagel yeah, there. Is. And, uh, you know, go to Omaha in his first year. I felt like they took a little bit of a weird step back last year that they I don't did. think we expected. Like, I thought everybody, you know, they, they overachieved that first year. So this is a kind of a pivotal year for them to kind of show what they're going to be moving forward because we don't really know. Schlossnagel is obviously a good coach, but, yeah, the competition is just, it's so stiff. Like, it's hard to guarantee anything because of that scheduling because, like, all these teams that we're talking about that we're kind of dismissing, hmm. like all of them have future first first rounders, course, and second rounders, SEC, and man. crazy talent. And I mean, the East. I mean, that Florida team. I think they're. I don't think Arkansas has to play them in the regular season, right? I don't look up the schedule. Just I to don't believe check, they do. But, but man, that Florida team is going to be one where that's going to be the team Arkansas compares themselves to all year long. It seems like. Yeah, well, if I can uh, make sure that we get the right cameras going here too. So yeah, I was about to <laughs> just going to run back the Torres interview. Back that Aaron Torres interview for <laughs> it was some such reason. a good interview, dude. Just like, I know. Just yeah, back, just right. run back in the middle of our baseball segment there, Toby. Hey, no. by the way, though, I do want to mention tomorrow's weather. Have you looked at the weather tomorrow, John? I have not. Is it great? It's going to be great. And Arkansas scrimmages at I believe two o'clock tomorrow. It's going to work. It's going to be like it's going to be like fifty-eight degrees, partly cloudy some sun mixed in there like that that'll be the first time the sun comes out the la- the, for the last like three or four days well, do I get to wear shorts though oh is, you is, could is, you could wear shorts okay curtis cool. will definitely be wearing shorts because he likes to anytime curtis can like physically get away with it he will wear i'm gonna shorts. do it i'm kind of the same way i'm kind yeah. of the same way but i just got so ruined by that cold weather for so long i'm like, told by alex mckeechern that we have a florida series in Fayetteville in april that's, okay that's gonna be an awesome series uh april is also an interesting time because it's like not early season, but it's yeah, not. Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll maybe be like the moment when people officially are like, all right, now it's really baseball season. Well, because you got, of course, all the teams in the West that you play, and then your East opponents is Florida at home in late May, April. You got on the road against Kentucky in early May, and then you have at South Carolina in mid-April. So those are your Eastern and Missouri at home as your uh, first SEC. Missouri series. at home. That's a that's a good. That's who you want to open. Missouri yeah. at home is who you want to open SEC play against. So dare I say that the schedule for Razorback baseball actually... It's a cakewalk, John. <laughs> I, know, I knew that was good. It's like people were just going, oh, it's so easy. But it's like, honestly, because listen, you're not going to... It's just a matter of what's easier. You're not going to have an easy schedule in the SEC, but... And you're going to play the West teams no matter what. But if you're telling me that your East opponents are Missouri at home, Florida at home, at Kentucky, yeah. and without question, at South Carolina is always going to be tough. Yeah. But... I mean, it could have been a lot worse. I still think it's a bummer that Tennessee and Arkansas don't play more. Well, but, also, you know. we say this: Arkansas got swept by Georgia last year. You remember that? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, can't can't, can't take anything for granted. But still. I think, by the way, since we're talking about expectations and like who, what you should expect to happen, expecting good things, be the guy in your friend group, anyone who's listening, who when they freak out about the baseball team because they lose to Euler and on a mm-hmm. Wednesday afternoon, be like, hey, relax, they're gonna be fine. Because what we're talking about of like, oh, what they should do and all this, like Florida very well could come in here and sweep these suckers. 
who knows? I just don't think it matters that much. So it's like last year, we did it too, where we were like counting down the wins. Oh, are they going to win the SEC down the stretch? Does it matter? We try. It never matters. No. Uh, what matters is do you have the pieces to make a run? And Arkansas unequivocally, undoubtedly does. Mm-hmm. They have the pieces. Will they be perfect all year? No. Will they be perfect to start in the middle? Who knows? But uh, I just think everybody just enjoy the ride. Yeah. Don't be a weirdo and be, you know, DMing me talking about how the midweek pitching sucks. I don't care. I don't care if a freshman gives up nine runs to Pine Bluff. Arkansas, they're going to be good. Yeah. Just get there to the point also where you host a regional super. Get a national seed. That's right. Fun. That that'll be fun. And that's, I think I mean for for a program like Arkansas, that's such a big. It's a big deal. I mean they they blew it last year, but. Big, yeah, because uh, everyone's like, deal. oh, in 2023, 2021. Okay, you guys, 2018, they were a national seed and they went to the World Series. Yeah. 2019, same thing. They went to the World Series. So Yeah, it's like it's like I would still rather do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, who, even if who would we, not sign up for that? Yeah. That, I, I'm trying to remember, did they ever have a time? I'm sure there is, where they didn't host a regional but hosted the super. I know they did yes, for the Missouri State. Yeah. But uh, that was but that wasn't because they were the higher seed, it was because Missouri State right. had a, but I was just curious if that's ever happened. Or when they post, at least not a, not in my lifetime under DBH. But you know, I don't think Arkansas lost a super. Well, that's a lie. They lost to North North Carolina. Was that the first super Arkansas lost under Dave Van Horn? They What's almost one? always the, the North Carolina State one in twenty twenty one because they almost always win their super. That's a good point. I um, really don't think because I remember they went on yeah, the road to Florida so. State. Yeah, they went on the road to Baylor and beat them. That's right. South Carolina and Ole Miss at home. Yeah, that's a, man. You have to go they? back into the archives. North Carolina. If that's the case. I really don't think Arkansas lost that. That North Carolina State series. I think that might be their only super regional loss under Dave Van Horn, or at that's least wild. the series loss. Because has they have they had a thing where they had they hosted the regional, but then had to go on the road to the supers. I don't even know if they've done that. To that's be what I'm saying, man. Like, it seems like it's it seems like it's been pretty consistent as far as how their schedule goes. It's like yeah. they've so it's what's so funny. They've never been essentially what we're saying. They've never been a nine through sixteen seed, and one that to go on the road to a national seed. It would have happened in 2017 had they won because they were like the number 14 yes. overall. So yes. if they lost to Missouri State. Jake Berger, they man. got their their revenge and at a uh, bomb Walker, uh, but they would have had to go to TCU, who would have killed them. That TCU team that year was really good. Um, so yeah, isn't it crazy though? That I mean, because again, yeah. I'm trying to think of it, and now that I think about it, the Arkansas has done everything except what we're talking about. Yep, yep, that's pretty much the, the thing missing. And you now, hopefully, that doesn't happen this year. I mean, you'll get to Omaha no matter what, and they'll yeah. take it no matter what. But hopefully, it happens to where you have all those home games and bomb Walker, yeah. and it's because it's not only just great. It's like, I'm gonna sound like a just an, such an old man here, but it's like not only great for fans and for the team, but it's like it's great for the economy here in the Northwest Arkansas. Area. I mean, yeah, it really is. Like, because yeah. you don't like that's as far as hosting, like Razorback events, NCAA events, like that's the biggest deal. Postseason wise, that's the biggest thing you can ever get in Fayetteville. Well, and postseason wise, they get as you know, they give us better food when they host the postseason. You ain't lying. But Oof. also, I really love the concessions at Bomb, and so like I love just giving the voucher and being like, go get whatever you want. More places need to do that if you don't have a good meal. Like, if your meal is going to be bad for the media, just give us a voucher. We would much rather go get a hot dog yes, or whatever yes. than eat the the reheated chips and cheese or whatever they, they're <laughs> well, it's like, and it's like, it's not, you can't sit there and tell me that you, like, it's costing you less to just be like, hey, here's eight bucks worth of a voucher or whatever, you know, like or 10 bucks worth. You just can't tell me that it happened. Ah, Devin Bradley says they lost a super in 2010 to Arizona state. I think he's right. Leave it to the gooch to come in clutch. 2010 (laughs) lost super at Arizona state. See, I kept, I remember the Arizona state, but I thought for some reason that was in the regionals, but okay. 
because mm. I do remember that. And, um, and isn't it crazy too? Like I remember having to read about that in the paper the next day. Cause it was like, they didn't, <laughs> you couldn't watch the games. Like, that is a wild way to consume content. <laughs> yeah, I know who to guess. Like there was, but there's something like that was really the only way you even knew what happened. I mean, you could listen to it on the radio too. If you had the station that, you know, played baseball and all that, but I was just yeah. like, that's such a weird time thinking back. Yeah, upon. I used to listen to so many. I remember the, uh, the Brady tubes home run. I remember listening to that on the radio. Cause I lived in Louisiana and it was like really tough to get games on the TV. And I remember listening to Chuck Baird and just like going and like, I would, I would listen to the radio call, go tell my dad what happened that half inning. And then I'd go back, go listen to the radio call, go tell my dad, but it was the, it was like that was actually kind of a fun way to do it back then. But yeah, well, well now fun. that we know what we can do, we we can we never the, go back. We have the technology. <laughs> it now. felt pure in the moment, though. Yeah, I will say that for the Brady Toops Grand Slam, I was actually at Bomb, and so funny. I was there. I couldn't drive yet, but like I was there with a family friend, and he was like, he like it was towards the end of the game. He's like, man, we got because he had to be somewhere. I don't remember what it was, but he's like, yeah, we have to be somewhere. We have to go. So it was like, oh, okay, well, so we go and we're like, we're sitting down the first base line and we're walking back out and we go right behind home plate. And that's when we hear the clink mm. and the place go nuts. And then we're like, all right, we can't go now. So like he like missed whatever that thing is that he had to do and all of that. But yeah, that was, that's a, that's that was awesome. That moment happened to me in a much lower stakes situation. Uh, Arkansas had a game against, it was in 2022. I don't know who it was against, but it was a non-conference. They were doing a series, and it was a Sunday game, and Caden Wallace had a grand slam as I was going to the first spring football practice, but I had to leave baseball early. Oh, and right, dude, same situation. That sucks. Right as I got out, I was like right behind home it was plate. a non-conference, though? Yeah, it was non-conference early in the year. UIC is who it was, Illinois-Chicago. Okay, when you said Sunday, I was like, wait a minute, that can't be right. Yeah, Sunday, no, it was like a like Sunday April? series earlier in the year, because and it was the whatever the, the first day of football practice was that year. Uh, but I remember having to go to football practice mid-game, and I was I was annoyed, and I could hear Caden Wallace hit a grand slam to give Arkansas the lead. And I'm like, yeah, good for them. We won't do that to you again. No, you, you, you won't. <laughs> you won't have to go and miss a Razorback baseball game to go and cover spring practice. I think no. we can. We can have. We have. Well, at least let it be that. a midweek game. You know, I can. I can. I can dabble with the 3 p.m. Tuesday game, where maybe I'll catch half of it, catch half of the. But yeah, yeah. can't miss Caden Wallace grand slams. Which, if you want to see some of those. He'll be playing for the Naturals this year. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Is uh, he's still in his natural position though, too? Right, like it's third base. Yeah. Yes, his Naturals position. Natural, Naturals position. His natty yeah. position. Yeah, if his you natty. Would. His natty state position. His, his natty state <laughs> position. If you would. It took yeah. us too long to get there. Dang. Yeah, I know so much, but yeah, that's that. That's the thing where, like, looking back on that, which also Devin said, uh, 2011 lost regional at Arizona State. So maybe Just, that's what I was thinking. Hey, of. Okay. Yeah. So they lost. So did they not lose a super? Did we? What did we determine? Did they lose back to back years to Arizona yes. State? Okay, I think that's what he's saying. Yes. Okay. Because I do remember Arizona State kind of being the bane of their existence for a little bit. And well, uh, then Arizona State got that kid uh, from Arkansas. I forgot his name, like Ethan Long or something. Recently. Yeah, I remember that. They gave a trade because they gave Arkansas Cole Austin, who uh, was not very good. I feel like Arizona State has not been. They used to be like a powerhouse. Of a well, team. they're weird. Like now, every, Arizona was that when yeah. uh, Jay Johnson was there. But now, I mean, I'm still I'm sure it's still good. But it seemed like Arizona State used to be. Oh yeah. The prime I mean, team. Every now and then they'll pop up with a good team. Like remember they had a uh, Spencer Torkelson and someone else. They had like two top five picks that one year. Yeah. And they were like dude, really good. Man, those and, names uh, I haven't heard in so long. But yeah, like it's like every four years they'll have a decent team. Like. The West Coast baseball teams just ain't what they used to be, man. Like you know, Cal State Fullerton, man. Cal that, State Fullerton's not good anymore, but they still have maybe the best uniforms in college they baseball. They do. They do. And I remember like watching them like when I really got into college baseball because you know you based on college football and college basketball, and I'm like, 
Cal State Fullerton. I was like, who, yeah. who are you, how is this team good? Like, how does how are they even like why are they even a thing? March Madness in the College World Series a lead where you have these schools that you don't know of their existence in Stony any Brook. other context except yeah, Stony Brook, Cal State Fullerton. Like, there's a few, and then in basketball, you've got like your George Masons and you're like oh, yeah. whatever. Like, there's so many where it's like I don't know anything about you, but I see you every March. Yep, it wasn't a Davidson. Yeah, Davidson. Because wasn't there also like I think Fresno State had a run. Fresno State won the title, didn't they? Or maybe they like went to the title. I think they game. went to the title. Maybe game went to the title lost. game. Uh, and then Coastal Carolina won the freaking. Yeah, I went to that super in Baton Rouge uh, with some buddies, and we did not know that they were about to lose because LSU was good that year. And they, we did not know what they were walking into. We were like, "Oh, they're hosting some team called Coastal Carolina. We'll see how it goes." Yeah, man. See, that's the thing is. It's it's the ch- the change of where West Coast baseball, which you'll get a yeah. team in there, but it's like I think back to like Stanford when Arkansas played them yeah. in, in Omaha, and they were the two seed, and Arkansas beat the crap out of them in the first game, and I'm pretty sure like was it somebody beat the crap out of them in the second game? Like they got yeah they got smoked. they got two and and they were like kind of they were one of the favorites like going yeah. into that it was like them in Texas and I think them and Texas both went zero and two in that in that uh when Arkansas had gotten whooped by that same exact Stanford team yeah yeah the Round Rock and Round Rock but uh mm-hmm. but Cal Poly uh you remember Cal Poly beat Arkansas Arkansas had a West Coast trip in 2018 where they just got beat up by some of those little bitty schools like yeah. San Diego beat them Cal Poly beat them yeah but uh yeah those West Coast schools just and Stanford didn't bring any fans to Omaha. You remember, like, yeah, it was weird. Them and Notre Dame, it was like they might as well have not even been there. Well, it's hard to see too because Stanford has called yeah. Cardinal, literally the color of Arkansas. So it was like kind of tough to and see. And they were only there for like two days, so yeah, you know, who very, knows? Very quick trip for them. But Notre Dame, I was just rooting for because they beat Tennessee, and that made me so happy. In the oh Supers. yeah, that was awesome. That was still the best thing ever. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I baseball is so much fun in postseason play, and you know, seeing and it's also fun because you get in those ballparks too. Like, you know, we continue to reference that game, that regionals in Stillwater. And how, so like, fun. not only just the Arkansas game, but, like, there were games. There was that Oklahoma State game that finished. It was a Missouri State, like, 27-13. to 13. Missouri State blew an 11-0 lead in college baseball. That is unbelievable. And they ended up losing by, like, 8. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, 22, 20-12 or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's like the – and I don't know if you remember it. I'm sure you do. But, like, pretty sure that same year, Arkansas played Ole Miss on the road. And yes. they were up twelve nothing, and Arkansas blew the lead. They that was the year the game, before, or the year before, yeah. It was that twenty twenty one team, that Sunday game. It was so crazy that Kevin Copps gave up like three runs. That's how crazy that game was. That was wild. Because I remember I'm sitting there, I'm like eleven zero. I think there was eleven or twelve nothing. I was like, oh sweet, I got this in the bag. Right. And all of a sudden, it's like I hate baseball. I remember DVH <laughs> like, pulled so La Lockhart a little early in that game. He didn't, Locker, he didn't yeah. count the outs yeah. and was like, wait a minute, we don't was, have enough pitching to get these outs. Was he the one that also, well, Lockhart, was he the one that almost had the perfect game in the SEC yes, tournament? against Georgia. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, I was there covering it. Well, and that, what was and tough about that one, it was so, 10 to nothing, mm-hmm. and he had a perfect game in the seventh inning. Yep. And so it's like, oh, will he get this perfect game? Will he not? Not only did he not get the perfect game, gave up a two-run home run, so there had to be nine innings, which and in the SEC tournament, everyone's always cheering for the run rule, no matter what. Yes. Even if your team's on either side yep. of it, you're just like, yep. get it there's out. a sixth, seventh inning, and you're down by seven, eight runs. You're just like, all right, let's go ahead. That's two, two innings of pitching you don't have to use. By so. the way, that run rule that they implemented last year in college baseball, awesome i love it oh i mean there was literally oh, yeah. like 15 run rules for arkansas it was it was great i feel like that's the one thing college baseball maybe not compared to football or basketball but college baseball has done a pretty good job of like rule changes that they've had usually helping the game and, and making hey, it a lot more appealing at least for more fun for the fans in most cases yeah i would say so and I, you know college baseball is so interesting because it's just like a niche thing but then in those moments it feels so big like in those charlie welch moments where oh, he hits a home run it's like 
everybody was talking about that too because I remember yeah. like barstool sports and everyone was like next this is college baseball like when you saw right. that Charlie Welch and I'm like and it was great don't get me wrong like it was one of my favorite moments ever but I would just look back on that I was like dude that was in the field of 64 you know like it was I mean right it was it was in yeah it was in the regional yeah, yeah it wasn't even that when big it, of a moment considering no. like no but it was just because of bases loaded and hey you get you get the tie because it was the tying run or did Arkansas take the lead on the wild pitch I think they maybe I think took, they the took the lead on the wild pitch. And so and then, it's like, it wasn't the go ahead home run, but it was the, and then that perfect doing that perfect shot of Van Horn looking at Welch, just say, all right, don't worry about it. Just swing away. And then first pitch. DBH is, uh, is good at celebrating as soon as the ball's hit on a home run. Like there's so many videos or pictures that we can pull up where someone hits a home run. And he's immediately like, yeah, like he just starts screaming. Yep. He, he steps up on the top step and gets all excited. Oh man. dude. Well, my buddy, Trent Daniel, former pitcher, he told me oh, yeah. that, uh, when Dave sees a home run hit, and, and you got to think also back when guys like Trent Daniel played, college baseball has grown so much since then. So there were yeah. times where, especially if they were on the road, there'd be 500 fans in the stands against an SEC opponent. So you could talk and hear things. But Dave, apparently, like if a home run got hit and, you know, ball on a opposing ballpark, he'd kind of stand up on the step and go, boy, that's into the night. Like he said, just like stuff like that, well, like just so quick, like, boy, that ain't... <laughs> That ain't landing anytime soon. Like just very like old man, old baseball coach man it's, lines for stuff like it's that. It's kind of funny that you say that because Dave does this thing in press conferences throughout the year where like if you ask him about a home run or something like that, he'll be like, yeah, well, in the dugout, we knew it was gone. Or he'll say, well, in the dugout, we didn't think you had a chance or whatever. So I'm like, are y'all just discussing every batted ball? It's like, is it out? Is that? It's like, but it seems like that's kind Apparently of his thing so. where it's like, as soon as a ball's hit, he like makes a declaration that's in or out. That's yep. the double. You know, he kind of knows. Well, we got a hold of that one. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for baseball season, man. It's, it's you, so there's, much fun. There's something like, I think baseball is meant to be consumed in the context that we are about to consume it, where you just follow one team the whole year. Yep. Like, I don't think baseball is meant to be like a, I just watch the MLB, I just scan. You know, the NFL, you can watch on the Red Zone channel. The yeah. NBA, even, you can league pass and bounce around. I think the MLB and college baseball are meant to be followed by one. You're just yep. supposed to follow your team, and you're supposed to know every player on your team. You're supposed to know who the coach is going to go to in the bullpen. Like, it just feels intimate that way. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's something about it, and, like, following the team's journey the whole year and kind of seeing how it plays out. It's just, there's there's nothing better than it. No, I know. You know? And then, again, it's the thing. Baseball's like this in general, but the thing I love so much is just every postseason play. Every pitch, every pitch, just like I mean, You're so nervous the whole time. That Oklahoma, I still because like uh, L in our comments here, which by the way, we do read comments, folks. We do read asking. comments, yeah. We are an interactive show. Uh, but uh, L says it was peak when Jalen Battle hit that homer against Oklahoma State, and it was like that was the game six, like, yeah, because it was yeah. it was the that was the game to send it to a game seven. No, 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 hold on, wait a minute, that might have been the first, it was the game two of the regional. That's right, that's right, it was that's like right, the, the right, one right. and oh game that for that yeah. regional. I think but the thing is, is I remember the final game on that Monday night, like every pitch, I was like, my, my butthole was puckered, like because well, it know, was so intense. Like, I'm just like, dude, I can't handle this. Rock Regio's been smoking these yeah. guys, like, and knowing what's on the line and like knowing what you had to do, like, that was it's just. I look back and I was so stressed, but then I look back and I was like, dude, that was so much fun. Like, well, how about, it, it, how about the regional final being, what was the final score? Four to three, five to four, where yeah, it was like when they were all like, weekend long, we're just the balls just jumping out of the yard. And then all of a sudden the, the title game gets here and we're all just like nuts clinched. Every yeah, pitch. Like, bet the over, man. You remember bet there was the that over. Arkansas picked off someone with like the bases loaded in yep. that game, that yep. one run game where like Michael Turner just back picked the mm -hmm. guy. 
moments well, like that that like you just remember and like the fact that i was able to recall a back pick is because of how because important of that, yep. these, and how tense these moments Dude, are same thing i believe it was i believe it was caden wallace the bases were loaded and or no was it bases lo- i think no, i'm trying to remember but anyways oklahoma state guy bunted and he's charged it and instead of throwing it to first to advance the run he threw it to he got it to second in time yeah and got the guy out which set up to where now just bases and runners were at the corners instead of advancing the net like mm-hmm. Just little things dude, like that, that where and that was made the thing such a like, difference. That team was the epitome of like doing the little things right like that, where it's like you had Caden Wallace, an MLB third baseman. You had Jalen Battles, an MLB shortstop. Robert, you know, it's like that team, we will never see an infield like that. I mean, Peyton Stovall was playing first base, extremely overqualified for that position, I would say. I mean, yeah. uh, so it's just like that, the, that team being what it was and, you know, that team had such a frustrating year. You know, we talk about following the like the ebbs and flows. Like the were, A I think was it the people AMC. Hated that that team, AM dude. series, I think, really pissed me off. I think it was the AM series. Yes, that where year. they were like two for thirty-seven with runners and in scoring position. The, and I think it was around the time, yeah, because it was around the time of the Garth Brooks concert up in Fayetteville, which yep. I went to. And I remember we were like watching it while we were tailgating. I'm like, this team sucks. I'm tired of yeah. this, man. This is trash. There's no reason for us to be this bad. And then I go to Omaha and everyone's like, oh well, you know, whatever. Like, well, oh, we know, were good. We're a good team that year. Everything's great. With like two weeks left in that year, they had a chance to win the SEC outright. They lose the yep. series to Vanderbilt. They lose. I forget who they They, lose. they ended horribly. Ended horribly. They get horribly. bounced out of two and a Q in the SEC tournament. They went from national seed to not hosting a regional. And then, you know, that was a weird team where they kind of needed to go on the road. Like that was the one Arkansas team. That's where they rallied around each other. Yeah, it was like they kind of, and especially because the, yeah, Michael Turner was called obscene names. Uh, I think stuff like that all kind of rallied that team together and just made it such a, so a much unique more fun. year. Yeah, so much more fun. I, I I love the baseball team and watching them and seeing how, you know, these players' names because what Michael Turner has, uh, was a uh, the rental player. Yeah, the rental player him, of the but year. Like how impactful he was in that year. You know, oh my like God, just that yeah. that I got. I don't know if he was the best uh, hitting catcher Arkansas's. He's it's been there, the best man. one He's in a up. long time. Him or Charlie Welch? <laughs> yeah, him or Charlie Welch. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which, uh, man, yeah. Those those are just really, really good times. And I know, uh, no, the twenty twenty one season didn't end. Yeah, it's but like I think about also since you were the number one overall seed and you won every SEC series and you had Kevin Copps, there may have not been more in, incredible atmospheres than what you got a Bomb Walker in that postseason yeah. than that because you you were been number one. You hadn't lost a series. You had like the Heisman Trophy in baseball and. It's just, you could not, and just, I know it didn't end the way you wanted, but man, just the, the atmosphere and the energy around. And not so to get fun. dramatic here, John, and get too like emotional and, but like it matters whether you win or you lose. But when you look back at it all, you just remember the moments then like the journey, you know, yep. like that 2018 team as heartbreaking as that like final play was like, I think about 2018, I think about all the moments like that Carson Shaddy in the super regional driving in all those runs against South Carolina and like just watching him play and, I mentioned Eric Cole's performance the other day. Like there were so many moments, and in Omaha, Isaiah Campbell coming through. Like you remember the journey more than yeah. you remember the results and the record. Yeah. I mean, we just listed all these teams. I couldn't name any of the records off the top yeah. of my head because, like, you don't really you remember where they finished, but you don't really remember the record. But yeah. same thing with like the uh, 2019 year they went to the World Series. I know they went yeah. over two in barbecue, but like I remember them beating the pants off of Ole Miss and that's in that oh, game. Heston Kurz that hit that like 530 foot oh. home run. I think it was like 14 to two. Like just yeah. beat the. And they, I remember they were that was back when they were. Ole Miss was really getting annoying with oh, their yeah. TikToks and whatnot. And they're wearing those powder blue jerseys because they're like, oh, they're mm-hmm. undefeated in powder blue. And I'm like, you just got your taint handed to you. It was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping that I want to see Arkansas do a dog pile or hog pile, a if hog you would. Pile. 
and a super and bomb this year. Like, I want to see that. I mean, you'll take it anyway, yeah. but I want to see that. And- Although I will say Dave's teams have gotten better and better about not celebrating too much. And they're, they like take pride in it, which like, I, I like it. Like we're professional. We do all this, but it's like, let, let the kids have fun a little yeah. bit, you know? Yeah. Cause getting got to a Omaha, hog pile. If you're, if you're going to Omaha, you got a hog dude, pile. Yeah. Let's say do it. Like do it when you go to Omaha. It's been a whole two years since we've been to Omaha, John's. I mean, the drought's got to yeah, end at on? some point. Yeah. What's going on here. But I, I also will say too, and we can wrap up here. Um, that I think it was the Oklahoma state regional regional Stillwater. If going back to your point, the amount of motions that were in that, like the amount of intensity, the amount, like that Oklahoma State team was freaking good. Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember when Arkansas won, it was kind of like, go out there and shake hands. Yeah. And like, they, you know, because Oklahoma State had been celebrating so much. Oh, and, and their, team, their fans were just obnoxious. Yeah. So, you know, DVH loves it that they just go and they're like, take care of business. Game. Yeah. Yep. Just a day at the office for us. Yep. And yep. he loves that. Okay. Yeah. You got a former MLB all star and Hall of Famer, you know, on your staff or whatever. Yeah. That's great. Cute. I got, I got, I got Nate Thompson. So, Here's an L, thing, courtesy of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, well, great show, Andrew. What'd you learn? Anything to do? Uh, just in the day in general. I learned that Curtis has has developed a deep apathy for this team. And look, I knew Curtis wasn't having fun, but man, he brought it on the show. He, he was angry on the show today. Yeah, I thought I thought I was being dramatic and I know, man. I can't wait to watch the pot at the palace tomorrow. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna yeah. be good, but bad. So bad yeah. boy Curtis. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh as I learned that uh Razorback fans as angry and frustrated as are with the basketball team that they still care. They haven't they gotten do. to apathy, but they still care. And they're or still maybe angry. they just love us. Yeah, that's it. They love us. They love <laughs> us. But hey, we're gonna have uh some scrimmage updates tomorrow too for yes, Razorback baseball. Will. So On Andrew's gonna program. be there. So uh be sure to follow Natty State Sports for all the coverage there and we'll talk with Andrew and see what he saw and last year's scrimmage number one involved Jackson Wiggins tearing his UCL. So let's hope that tomorrow's scrimmage goes better. Don't even speak that into and yeah, don't even do that. Um because I was also thinking too, is that eleven thirty? The scrimmage? Yeah. Oh no, the scrimmage is at two. Two. Eleven thirty is must. We got a must presser tomorrow somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, I'm sure that'll go it's well. Bad. It's so bad. But yeah, it's going to be great though for baseball. And so we'll uh, I'll have some updates for you there too. So for Andrew Ellis, I am John Neighbors. Same sports show, same sports channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you then.